murder in Virginia Beach. Winkler murder in Tennessee. UN ratifies hate speech. French election results are in. Jew calls for the violent overthrow of the Russian government. And the Mossad calls for the assassination of Iranian President Ahmadinejad. So back to our top story tonight. Student was killed, then burned on grill. Authorities say Texas A&M student's ex-boyfriend confessed to the grisly crime. Houston. Oh, God. <laughs> well, what degree of burns did she get on the grill? Did it say? <laughs> she was a medium rare. <laughs> yeah. For at least two days, neighbors at a city apartment complex noticed an acrid aroma black smoke and leaping flames coming from two barbecue grills on the balcony. He's charbroiled Burger King style. Of a second floor apartment. Burger Queen style. Maybe he worked there. Had a, had a Listen to the first sentence of this. Uh, for at least two days, that would be 48 hours to you and me, neighbors of the city apartment complex notice an acrid aroma, black smoke and leaping flames coming from two barbecue grills on the balcony <laughs> Of a second floor apartment. Now, Craig, what do you think was on those grills? Uh, smoked ahi? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is ahi the same as mahi-mahi? Yeah, it's tuna. <laughs> Bluefin tuna, I guess it is, or yellowfin. <laughs> so this is some blackfin tuna. <laughs> well done, shit. Some blackfin. It's not mud shark, huh? Blackfin tuna. Okay. <laughs> uh, somebody grilled a perfectly nice-looking uh, young black girl. I don't want no ketchup, just one big juicy jalapeno She has a nice hair straightener, too. It uses it as a top hair straightening product, it looks like, from this. Yeah. She didn't scrimp and save on that. I wonder if some of that grease got on the meat. That's probably what imparted <laughs> the acrid smell. It's it's probably tenderized it. Her hair. Adolph's. Yeah, and, and get this part. The fire, the fire department came, you guys, because uh, the neighbors were worried about these leaping flames. And... Um, the fire department came, and he assured them. I, I suppose he's up there like, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet yelling down from the balcony. Everything's okay up here. With a chef's hat on. Yeah, that's what he needed. Don't kiss the cooker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, but uh, look, the, these fires, uh, unless they're all affirmative action hires by 2007, which may be the case in Houston. I guess it was Houston, yeah. Uh, hey, have any of these guys ever smelled a burning corpse in the fire department in Houston? Maybe it no, didn't... No. Uh, you go into their olfactory memory, but uh, they, they walked away. Let him continue. And, and get this, then, when, when it all broke out, they, they finally figured it out, and they, they offered uh, $250,000 to find this girl's corpse in the dump. The legislature, was it the legislature or the, the city, uh, Aegis? One of the two. A quarter of a million dollars to, to find the remains of uh, her... Uh, One of our valuable black intellectuals. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of bounty for some dead, uh, you know, uh, chopped up corpse. That, that, that's a very high bounty. Well, but then we really, yeah, we, well, let them know a little of the facts of the article. Yeah, we sure. got we got to paint what? the background here a little bit. Uh, uh, the article continues. This is a Texas A and M student named Tynesha Stewart, nineteen, and mm-hmm. basically her twenty-seven year old boyfriend was angry because I guess she dumped him and was uh, taken up with someone else, so he grilled her. Mm-hmm. And the she's line. the niece of a pro football player, right? 
Yeah. Oh, so I, didn't notice, I didn't read that. <clears throat> yeah, well, that makes big news in the, in the claw. Anything related to football or mm-hmm. hip-hop. Sure, and this yeah, sucker was grilling her for two days. <laughs> for at least two days, neighbors at a apartment complex. Uh, well, what's that song? Dem bones, dem bones, dem crazy bones. Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, what neighbors at the Red Oak Place Apartments wondered was going on in the unit where 27-year-old Timothy Wayne Shepherd lived. What was he burning at all hours for days at a time? The answer turned their stomachs. According to law enforcement officials, Shepard dismembered, then burned the body of his former girlfriend, Tanisha Stewart, 19-year-old Texas A&M University student. Nothing remains of Stewart's body, Harris County Sheriff Tommy Thomas said at a press conference Saturday. Quote, I just don't know what to think about it, said Lewis Evans, whose balcony faces shepherds in the quiet tree-lined enclave in northern Houston. I thought he was a nice, normal person. I guess you never know what your neighbors are doing. The worst apartment stories I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) So, picture this, the flames are just lighting off that grill there. Not that, two grills, dual grills. Yeah, well, his neighbor says he used to cook over with him. He even left his grill over there or something. But uh, notice how they say Timothy Wayne Shepherd is the name of the boyfriend. He's white, do you? Uh, no, he's not. Uh-uh. I-, I recall googling this and looking him up. She is a, a Texas A and M student. Funny how they use the like. Well, why would they use the middle name though? Make him sound white. What, what's his full name again? Timothy. What was it? Timothy Wayne uh, Shepherd. Days. confessed Wednesday to strangling Stewart because he was angry she had begun a new relationship. That's probably Shepherd. part of the reason, because his name sounds white. They, they, they like to make those tiny, lead readers to make uh, incorrect uh, assumptions. Yeah, if, if you, and especially if she's a Texas A&M student, I don't know, I would assume that's mostly white school. It's known for being pretty conservative. So and She was quite a Christian, I guess, and they all said a uh, big loss to her church. Here we go, another fun fact. A leasing agent at the apartment complex also noticed the thick, dark smoke and the intense flames. Uh. And asked Shepard what he was doing, Evans said. Another neighbor, 18-year-old James Herbert, told the Houston Chronicle that he often cooked out with Shepard and even left his grill at Shepard's apartment. When he wasn't invited over, he asked his neighbor what was going on. (laughs) Shepard replied that he was cooking for a wedding, <laughs> the newspaper said. Now, this is surely, I mean, what kind of affirmative action is in place where you have someone over there who thinks you can burn someone up on a grill and get away with it, and no one's going to notice? This bitch is going to go up in the smoke. Well, you would have completely agree. You might have found out, uh, you know, he might have had the logical thinking skills to, to have figured a better way to rid himself of the corpse. He was an undergrad. What do you expect? At an engineering school, though. Oh, well, was he? It is well, Texas A and M. Yeah, I didn't realize. Wasn't he? I mean, he. Well, maybe he wasn't. She was a student there. I don't know if he was. Yeah, they don't say that he was. So this nineteen-year-old A and M student, along with some twenty-seven-year-old guy. Yeah, here it is, Alex. I got him on the bet on the bet channel. Let me shoot it over to you. Okay. Yeah, that definitely. <laughs> if, if you just read the name Timothy Wayne Shepherd, you would think it was a white guy. That yeah. probably is why they, now if it was T.D. T. Wayne Shepard, you might think it was a black guy. But 
Oh, yeah, no, if that was a white guy who had done it, of course, uh, be national news and use as a good reason for black women to avoid white men. Yeah, well, our second big article, uh, or the second big news story in the Quap uh, this last week has been, of course, the Virginia Tech shooting 33 people dead. And this shooter was none other than Cho Sung Hui. I don't even know how you pronounce it. Alex, have you been hearing his name? Uh, yeah, I probably heard it. I just wasn't paying attention. I think it's Cho Sung Hui or something like that. Sung Hui Cho. I, I, I watched Cho. a little bit of TV for the day when the day that it happened, but I haven't, uh, you know. Yeah, they mix it up with Asians. You know, they they go, I guess, by their last name first. And so, what does the media do? Uh, uh, they do that too, so it's confusing. His real name, as I get it, was a Siung Hui Cho. Yeah, that's Siung right. Hui. They yeah. do uh, yeah. their family name first, and then their their given name after. Yeah. But either way, yeah, he was some little gook whose parents he he was always kind of <coughs> inward turned, and they sent him over to America hoping it would do good things for him, but. Instead, he did good things to America. Well, actually, not only that, but that they, his relatives petitioned him over here. So that was a more the Hart Seller 1965 Chain Immigration Act. That's exactly how they arrived here. And no mm-hmm. medical testing, I, I, I presume. I mean, do we need uh, autistic immigrants? You know, the blind, deaf, dumb, and disabled. I, I don't know. Of course not. Obviously not. But uh, yeah, isn't there a plaque on the uh, Statue of Liberty? You send us your Huddled masses, your refuse, your... Mm. How did he pass? Don't you have to go through an examination? When you get into a major university, you don't have to go for an in-person interview anymore? I don't think so. I think he just flew into San Francisco, and then somehow he got his way across country to Virginia Tech. He, well, you know, no, he, I, I lived, he lived in Centerville, Virginia. That's in, uh, in uh, I yeah, guess, outside Arlington. Nice place. Yeah. That's a nice place. That, well, yeah, there's... Uh, there's a I think he lived, he lived around the suburbs in D.C., and I think his parents had dry cleaning or something, and he mm-hmm. saw those lots of those rich brats and didn't like them, and he was obviously not successful with girls or really with anyone else. Well, um, look, if his, if his parents had their own school and, I mean, their own business, a dry cleaning business, you know, you don't, you don't buy the one of those for, you know, $10,000. So they had a credit yeah. line or else the cash, and I presume yeah. a credit line. What I mean is... You know, it wasn't like he was impoverished or anything. And, and further, he was a, a, no. a Christian, and they went to this Christian church. And a lot of Asians, I know this from uh, experience, a lot of Asians will look down on other Asians who Christian up for uh, uh, for Whitey, you know, cause to, to mm-hmm. get along better in the society. So There's uh, lots of that around, too. There was a Christian, I think a Korean, and that's what he was. There was a Korean Christian church. I used to work on Montrose Road. Uh, right off the spur, off the beltway around there. So I know the kind of people that he dealt with. And there was a little Korean Christian church probably a couple blocks from there up the road. And, uh, yeah, it's just he was just basically, he was a botch. I mean, he we couldn't say he was typical of Asians, but he was a botch who didn't belong in the U.S. and was here because the Jews rewrote our immigration policies. Now, you new listeners, that's the part that conservatives will never tell you. They act as though immigration is just something like the weather that can't be done about when it's a political decision. The masters of politics, the FDRs, the Lincolns, they know that everything in politics happens for a reason. Jews believe that it is good for Jews to live in a diverse land. That's why they opened our borders. That's how people like Cho got in here. We take power away from the Jews. More Cho's will continue to pour in. There have been some writers that have talked about his uh, alienation. 
And certainly, obviously, I'm over here in a white country, and I feel a certain amount of it because I don't speak the language, you know, and uh, this is how it mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's just in, it goes part and parcel with being in a different culture. But imagine if you, if you went and moved to Tokyo, to the Rapongi district or wherever, you know, the entertainment had an apartment there, wherever, Korea. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you packed up and went to Korea. Do you think you'd feel any kind of alienation? And just listen to the word alienation, which is exactly what the qua is, alienation. It and sure this is, is what Joe obviously felt. And, you know, the, the guy probably had a, he probably would have been a botch even in Korea, but he had certainly, the likelihood of his not doing what he did would have been a hell of a lot higher in his own native land mm-hmm. with his own kind of people, where eventually he probably would have fit in with somebody. There's here a nut house full of people from the seven sewers of the world, and they don't like each other. And we just had some guy, I can't remember his name, did a study, and he found that where there's diversity, people hunker down like turtles. They don't trust anybody because they're not like them, and they don't even trust their own kind anymore. Yeah, well, they certainly don't like us. What was the common denominator? Let's not forget about us. They don't like us. No, they, 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 they've been, well, it's just lowest common denominator living. The Jews living high off the hog, and everyone else is uh, living miserably. But all that matters is what's good for Jews. When the mainstay of the country is white people and 40% of them are, you know, nutbag Christians who believe Jesus is coming back to rapture them up to heaven and that doing anything that offends Israel is evil, well, that's what you get. So yeah, and, don't and, and, all the Jews. Is, is what and Joe had a big thing for Deborah Lefebvre, the, uh, the, the, the exquisitely beautiful the Aryan woman a few years back uh, who was uh, screwing her students. And uh, I remember... Uh, What's the other one? Letterman, not uh, Jay Leno, said that he wished he would have been abused like that in school. But the point is, this guy had a big infatuation with uh, with uh, Deborah Lefebvre. Now, come on, I mean, you know, he's going to pick the Aryan ideal to be infatuated with. Why didn't he get some uh, two and three quarter footed uh, Korean woman or legged rather? Well, they're not very attractive, and that's why exactly. there's a huge movement to westernize facial appearance put in artificial noses and maybe reduce their epicanthic folds of their eyes and um, mm-hmm. blonde up their hair artificially well. Yes. White women are, are the most diverse and, and, and beautiful looking, and they know it. And, and, and he was a duck of out of water all, all around. His English skills were, he was totally bereft of English skills. Well, he couldn't and speak. He could write okay. I mean, he was... I don't English think it was okay. It's okay, oh, it maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he could yeah, write he was an English level. major of all things. Yeah, yeah. And on the level. Well, the other remarkable aspect is that is that his violent writings were known to this this disgusting nigger bitch with the unlikely last name of Giovanni, who has written. A, uh, Steve St- Saylor wrote a very good piece. I think it was posted V Dare, documenting some of her incredible anti-white poetry, and she's kind mm-hmm. of the one who's been one of the national faces of virginia tech through the media in this and she has this whole background of you know nigger do you have what it takes to kill the white man and and uh, double standards just wherever you look but that's america these days yeah here's one of her poems Uh, i have it right here ni and then two asterisks er can you kill can you kill can a ni two asterisks er kill can a nigger kill a honky can a nigger kill the man can you kill nigger huh nigger can you kill and this is exactly essentially what uh this uh, Richard McBeef was uh, one of Cho's screenplays and her, or uh, stories plays, and also Mr. Brownstone. Dark and lonely on the summer night, 
Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. Watch dog barking. Do he bite? Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. Slip in his window to break his neck. Then his house I start to wreck. Mess with Loka? What the heck? Kill my landlord. Kill my landlord. I'm not Tyrone. I can spell K-I-L-L my landlord landlord lane leave loca alone or die and this woman after people after this 32 people killed plus Joe can't really count him they had a big assembly in the auditorium just massive in a university auditorium pep and she's someone called yeah that's, pep that's what it looks like it. and she's up there with her hands in a big v and saying we will prevail we will prevail we're all uh hokies what the f- i mean hokies this yeah. is yeah. The, the, hokies right that's right ladies and gentlemen virginia tech university distinguished professor of english and celebrated author Nikki Giovanni will deliver closing remarks. We are Virginia Tech. We are sad today, and we will be sad for quite a while. We are not moving on. We are embracing our mourning. We are Virginia Tech. We are strong enough to stand tall tearlessly, we are brave enough to bend to cry and sad enough to know we must laugh again. We are Virginia Tech. We do not understand this tragedy. We know we did nothing to deserve it, but neither does a child in Africa dying of AIDS, neither do the invisible children walking the night away to avoid being captured by a rogue army, neither does the baby elephant watching his community be devastated for ivory, Neither does the Mexican child looking for fresh water. Neither does the Appalachian infant killed in the middle of the night in his crib in the home his father built with his own hands, being run over by a boulder because the land was destabilized. No one deserves a tragedy. We are Virginia Tech. The Hokie Nation embraces our own and reaches out with open heart and hands to those who offer their hearts and minds. We are strong and brave and innocent and unafraid. We are better than we think and not quite what we want to be. We are alive to the imagination and the possibility we will continue to invent the future through our blood and tears, through all this sadness. We are the Hokies. We will prevail. We will prevail. We will prevail. We are Virginia Tech.
Boy, do we need that. This is not even a dignified ceremony. And not only can she not teach, she can't even... And yet Whitey, all Whitey's there, oh, wonderful, oh, what a wonderful moving ceremony. There's, there, there's something uh, rotten in Denmark and the United States, and, and it runs far and wide and deep and long and uh, black. Yeah. Yeah, all the alums are there you know, flapping tepidly yeah. as this yeah. uh, freak show commences with this weird-looking mulatto. She has sort of, like, close-cropped dyed hair, and she's... Yeah, dyed blonde, so yeah. When they use dyed hair blonde, you know how bad that looks against their skin color. And, and what was this? Was it like 48 hours after the uh, all this massive uh, carnage, wasn't it? Yeah. Less than 48. I don't it's know, it was back like to celebrating diversity. Yeah. There's so many ridiculous things. I had planned to write about this, and then we had our server problems. I may still write about it, but they had, uh, you know, then you, you see like on Fox News, you know, that that little Sh- Shepard Smith, who I last remember from the Lebanon War where he was interviewing the holes made by Katusha rockets. Well, not exactly interviewing them, but you get the idea. But, you know, he's talking to some kid named Odell, and, oh... These poor children. The kid's like, you know, 20. You're not really a child at that age. I, I don't know. That kind of irritates me, the, the way they act. Like, these stuff like this happens. Uh, it has always happened. It didn't take the form that it does. We don't need to. There's never so much of it as when we let in all these foreigners. But Virginia Tech is. On that end, and, and they they uh treating these kids like they're little children. And, and that plays into the whole gun control thing where, of course, the evils that the problem is that not enough people had guns, not that one bad guy had a gun. It's that a lot of good people didn't have a gun by law. And, and it's a state institution that's passing that law and not allowing them to have guns. And then the cops ran around outside like monkeys, and they chased their donut-larded asses around trees like a bunch of squirrels, just like they did at Columbine. And then they, didn't you ever play Steal the Flag when you were a kid? Uh, Alex, uh, Steal the Flag? That's about uh, how they run. Hide behind yeah. the trees, and they can, they can hardly do a... a a quick step. Well, you know, they they get into their 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 get up. So half the time you see them there, they've got the door open because they've seen that in the action movies, and they're putting on their cool windbreakers and strapping on the full. <laughs> now the shits. How how many how many things of that have there been in history where it lasted more than about ten fifteen minutes? It's fucking over. You know, it, it and if it's a standoff, then you know, okay, it's a standoff. If once you got the people cleared out, it's just a matter of getting to the guy and 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 shooting them. But. If there was any good they could have done, I mean, it, it was... <laughs> Within that first ten minutes of uh, dress changing? It would have been to go in, just like at Columbine. They, 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 oh, they loved it. They loved to run around and pull their guns and hide behind trees. And you got one in one side of the tree and the other, like, on the other side. It's just like a, it's like a farce. And then, you know, go in. you got a couple of high school kids shooting at people. Go in there. That's the time to prove yourself a hero. Justify your salary. You know, at the same time as they're doing this, they're all hanging out by their cars and waiting until it's over to go in. They're trying to get, uh, I think it was, God, I think it was in Missouri, they're trying to get a law passed where anybody who kills a cop gets the death penalty much more easily or automatically compared to regular citizens. So it's just the means to elevate this class of people, public (laughs) sector employees, for ordinary citizens that they're supposedly protecting. That that police chief, Alex... Yeah. Well, well, I saw his press conference, and this again was about the time was that uh, assembly we just talked about. And he came on and he thanked everybody except that one union of municipal, state, and federal employees. And what a marvelous job everyone did, and highly professional. And I thought, you know, these people really are, have a disconnect from reality. 
when there are 32 corpses lying around your campus and you're congratulating everybody on their professionalism. At one point he said, for discovering the shooter's identity. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You know? Come on. I suppose well, with a 50% foreign foreign campus, which is what Virginia Tech is, it's kind of hard. And every one of those uh, kids, people, is displacing uh, one relative of yours. And try to look at it that way. I know that seems awfully simplistic, but uh, that's the and fact. And Cho went out and shot two of them and then went back and, I guess, typed up some more of his Internet rant and mailed some stuff and then went out and did the rest of it. So I don't know when the professionalism was supposed to kick in, but... And I'm not going to totally blame them for what he did, but I think there was two hours they, and 15 minutes. Did, at best, they did a janitorial job. They cleaned shit up after it was already done with. But he did shoot for about 20 minutes, and during that time, he was completely uninterrupted. So I wouldn't give him any more than you know a B on that. I mean, if there was some positive good to be done, it would be to get in there and disrupt them or shoot him, shoot him dead before he finished his job, or for some I think- students after him they have some kind of great kind of control over their pcys and multicult because i haven't seen a single mention of a cleary act violation which was the federal law named after a co-ed who was murdered and uh, it applied up there in eastern michigan you when laura dickinson was was murdered recently they started talking about it right away when the campus authorities and and wheels did not notify the students that a murder was running loose so from the time of Cho's first uh, shooting, that was around 7.15, as I recall, 7.30 at the latest, mm-hmm. it was two hours or two hours and 15 minutes. And uh, they did finally send out an email, but it was only, uh, I don't know, it was quite late in the process. It certainly wasn't anywhere near 7.30. It, it was more like 9, 9.15, 9.26 or something. So, so uh, I don't even know why they don't even talk about it. I mean, they can prosecute some... Uh, white people for bar fights, and we'll get around to that perhaps, but uh, not their own uh, minions and officials. It's quite amazing. Yeah, well, on the one hand, we have the diversity aspect where we have actually, you know, one of these diverse Denzins shooting 33 people, but then we just see how the system really doesn't lose a beat with this pep rally where they're promoting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this weird... Uh, English teacher who, if anything, drove him to the act with her. Ins- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some irony. Well, you know, there's there's one other point to make on it, which was that they really played up over here. I don't know wh- how they played it over there in Europe, but uh, they played up this idea that this Holocaust survivor is a big hero because he's pushed the door. And, and that may be the case. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that no Jew ever has ever done any heroic action, and maybe that was, but the fact was the student that I saw interviewed by Shep Smith, Odell, did the same thing and jammed the door so the fucker couldn't get back in and kill more people. But all you ever heard, all you heard about here was uh, basically the Holocaust survivor. Oh, he was the only one who had the courage to fight back, and just more grist for the myth. I looked like that up at the, uh, at the time that broke, Alex, very early on, and that story came out of, uh, was it Everything Jewish or some, it was a Jewish website, I believe, in No, in it was on, it, trust me, it was on Fox, and uh, that was all. No, no, that was later, wasn't it? I think that was well, after. I mean, been, well, chronologically, once they knew what happened, they were claiming mm-hmm. that this engineering prop, who was a, a Holocaust survivor, how's that even relevant? Even if it was true, right? Exactly. And they they played it up as this heroic old Jew gets shot, holding the door shut so his students can escape. Did that happen? Who knows? 
Yeah, that 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 just struck me as being particularly flimsy and, and, and if it did happen, like I said, Odell did the same thing, but you didn't hear about Odell. He was not played up as a hero. How about if every Ukrainian American who had a relative killed by the Jew Lavrenti Beria would uh, would be cited in the press as uh, his 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 mother was a survivor of uh, Lavrenti Beria and the Ukrainian Holocaust, which uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote about so eloquently. Why don't we hear that? I mean, there were 30 million of those, 20 to 30 million. It was orchestrated. Yeah, well, the, another thing we've been hearing a lot about is uh, this Don Imus thing. Now, we funny is, I mean, he made the, the funny thing is he made the 50 top Jew appeaser list, and he's been on Goyfire before. In fact, we featured a couple of anti-Jew comments he made with them being, where he mentioned them being money-groping Jews and, and whatnot before this story broke. But apparently, well, he called the, uh, what was it, the Tennessee Volunteers, or no, it was, a, I guess, Rutgers. Rutgers Lady Girls Knights. basketball Scarlet team. Knights. He, he called them uh, a bunch of nappy-headed hoes, and that was enough to make him a national figure, a national whipping boy for the Jewish press. And it continued for a couple of weeks. It was going, still going pretty heavy when the Cho thing came along and wiped it out completely. But by that time, he'd already already gone on uh, Al Sharpton's radio show and completely groveled before the ringleader of the Tawana and Brawley hoax. And this uh, Les Moonbus, I guess, I believe his first name is Les Moonbus. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a well-known Jew, and we've researched him for many, many years, and uh, everybody should know this by now. And he works for Murray Rothstein, Sumner Redstone, who owns 76% of Viacom stock, and CBS Network is one of their holdings. And this was Imus' boss, and he's the one who made the decision and did, in fact, actually fire him. It says here, CBS announced Thursday that it has fired Don Imus from his radio program following a week of uproar over the radio host's derogatory comments about the Rutgers women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. There has About been much discussion of the effect of language like this has on our young people, particularly young women of color, trying to make their way in this society. CBS President and Chief Executive Officer Leslie Moonreeve said in announcing the decision. And four years ago, this guy, Moonves, how do you say it? Moonves or Moonrez? Moonves. Moonves is a male. You're right. right. About four West years Moon ago, yeah. he had a pilot program that he'd set up to transport a family, I believe it was from Kentucky, a very poor, not very well-educated family, and plant them in Beverly Hills. They were going to try, I think, to get the original Beverly Hillbillies mansion, and if not, they were going to set it up to look like that. And put them in this mansion and just lay about half a million bucks on them or a million, whatever. Just a stupendous amount of money and watch how they carried on and broadcast at uh, 24, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, any yeah, of these what shows. The, what did they, they call that? It was going to be like White Beverly Hillbillies. I thought, Beverly I thought it was. Hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we were joking. I remember at the time on on the white national sports, why don't we get a Chabad Lubavitcher families and, and put them in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe put him in the Gaza Strip with machine guns and let him defend themselves <laughs> with a lot of money or something. But, mm-hmm. uh, of course, we're not going to see anything like that. But the point is that this guy was perfectly willing to do that, and that was good, fun uh, uh, Jewish entertainment for, for uh, Jewized white people in the United States. That's a good point. 
One but, more uh, thing. I mean, Don Imus, the funny thing is he's a complete liberal. He was in the middle of a, uh, what did he call it, a radiothon, where he raises millions of dollars for, uh, you know, Head Start projects and basketball playing urban city, uh, urban youth. So he's in the middle of that, lets a couple comments slip, and... Uh, mm, well, I'm not sure. Be- well, he... Hey, I wouldn't say he's really a liberal. He's kind, he's kind of in the middle. He kind of hints this way and that, but ultimately it's all shallow because he has a whole gang of politicians and, and hacks, media writers who uh, and talking heads who come on his show. I think he raises the money for kids with cancer or something. Or his wife does, or he has some kind of ranch. But, uh, boy, was it pitiful to see this guy, who's obviously a multimillionaire long, long ago, just groveling before Al Sharpton. I mean, you got to have no pride. And he's wearing this fucking Easter egg pastel colored shirt, and his hair's done up like a girl. He just, ugh. I don't think it's a slap on the wrist. I think it's significant, and I think because I've tried to, uh, and I haven't been on some PR campaign, by the way, to try to, uh, to to try to uh, make up for these repugnant comments I made because I don't have a PR agent. I'm not represented by. Rubenstein, I apologize to these young women on my program yesterday morning, but it was comedy. It wasn't a malicious rant. I wasn't angry. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't stating uh, some sort of philosophy. As I said yesterday morning, I'm not a racist, I'm, and I've demonstrated that in my, in my deeds and my work. But joining me now is Reverend Al Sharpton as we continue talking about Don Imus and the right to free speech and the responsibility that comes along with it. Al, thanks for joining me uh, again this evening. Thank you. Uh, I just want to uh, start with a clip from yesterday's interview with you and Imus on your radio program. Oh, I can't get any place with you people, no, 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 no. but you I can get some place with Jesus. Who is you people, Mr. No, you no, no. and this woman I'm talking to. No, no, no. I'm Congresswoman well, I, Carolyn Kilpatrick. That's Congresswoman Kilpatrick. And, and oh, don't try to hang out on me. That, that, that's jive. What's jive? Well, when you say, what do you mean by you people? You know what I meant by you two people. Like I would say, you there, two there people. There are a whole lot that's, of people. That's not. That, that's that not. That's not even fair. I tell you what, I'm gonna let you, you said talk you were going to be fair. Keep your word. Uh, I'm being very fair. Well, keep fair. your word. I'm being very fair. And keep and it real. Keep real, your word. Real. Okay, Reverend Al, do you believe Imus really said that with racist intent? I don't know. As someone that has called people nappy-headed hoes. You should ask what they mean has, around anything. He has said. I just want to make this clear. You and I spoke yesterday. Right. I agree with you 100%. This kind of language has no place. Um, uh, where we disagree is what should happen to him. But let me just, let me just come back to um, this guy has said he's called Arabs ragheads for years, and nobody said boo. He called uh, Len Berman Lenny the Jew, and nobody really said anything. Why is it now that this particular statement He's got everybody up in arms. I think a better question is why no one stopped him when he was saying those other ugly things. But I, you were I here. You've been in New York City since the 1970s. Yeah, the Reverend Al Sharpton no and pride. Jesse Jackson no pride. met with Moonves to advocate Imus's removal. Jackson called the firing, quote, a victory for public decency. <laughs> no one should <laughs> then, then use then he went public airwaves to transmit racial or sexual degradation. When Jackson I, I had an honest job as a waiter, he he wrote, I think, in his autobiography that yeah, he's a spit on like I know. spit in white people's food, right? Mm-hmm. He he used to be our tutor in decency.
He also and, faked the uh, the Martin Luther King thing too when he was uh, on the balcony with him. That's one of his famous things that uh, he did. Indeed, he faked that he he sure had gotten bloody holding the late Martin Martin the hero. Big fan of white pussy. But white Americans seem to just they'll gobble up anything from Nikki Giovanni to uh, Bassett Ball to hip hop. Just gobble it up. You name it. Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. Uh, I mean, uh, pro- yeah, they may grouse a little bit, but but not the younger generation. I think the younger generation, a significant majority of them, are completely mind washed. And there's also a, a much tinier minority who are beginning to rebel and quite vociferously. So good for them. Mm-hmm. And they say here, while Imus dismissal may seem like a huge story, it is not the first time something similar has happened. Reports Jeff Greenfield, CBS News, is soon to be senior political correspondent. He, he's a Jew commie from Wisconsin, I can tell you. Yeah, Bob Grant, a popular New York radio, radio host, was put off the air for calling the African mayor at the time a, quote, washroom attendant. And Jimmy the Greek Schneider lost his CBS job on NFL football pregame telecast by saying black athletes were superior to white athletes. Hmm. Ages. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned all these, and there's a white nationalist who's put a, a video on YouTube. I just saw it today. I think he put it up within the past day or two. And it's a John Stewart skit. Now, sure, John Stewart is Jewish, is doing comedy, but uh, he talks about Imus, and then uh, they switch back to uh, uh, what's her name who died from the drug overdose and who her. Uh, who her, the father of her child was. Uh, so he's playing a little skit back and forth, and then he announces that the father of, the, uh, of, of her child is white trash. So Stuart can get yeah. away with it, you know. Yeah, that's the one I wrote a press release on that, as though we were hearing defense league. Oh, uh-huh. see, you, you can't turn on TV without hearing white trash. It's a staple of every drama and every uh, sitcom all over the place. darker America becomes, the more Jew-ridden, the more common white trash will be. Maybe we should commonize wh- uh, black trash. Would that be acceptable? Just start it's using redundant. black trash all over the internet. It's redundant. That's, I mean, nigger is. That's why we don't want anybody using the word nigger. Well, they don't know what tautological redundant is, so what does it matter? <laughs> Just. The next story that broke was the final end to the Duke rape hoax. Uh, they were the the lacrosse had been hounded for over a year, and we we covered this when it first broke about a year ago uh, in Gorefire. I think it was uh, I don't know which Gorefire was. What was it? Thirty one, something thereabouts. And uh, it's finally now blown over. They've been declared innocent. After $3 million defending themselves against these allegations, uh, yeah. they are free to go. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. They're free to go. And, and you know, the players came out and read statements, and they were the things you'd expect them to say in politically correct America. They didn't call for any vengeance or anything. They just said they could now have a new and for how easily injustice can be carried off. And if they hadn't had the money to defend themselves, they really would have been screwed and on and on in that vein. And most of the people... There really weren't any apologies from the people who wanted to railroad them, as you would expect. John Stewart, the Jew, did a big thing showing Nancy Grace and how hard she tried to railroad them, which is something I had not been aware of, although she's not a Jew, and, you know, that could have been seen as him trying to... The Judeo structure, the, the ones that set up the taboos in the media and the uh, social hierarchy are responsible, not just one stupid cunt broadcaster. I think we're forgetting the true victim. The person 
who would stake the most on this case. Tonight, the scandal continues at one of America's premier universities. If nothing happened and all these allegations have been made up, why did the lacrosse coach quit? Why would she run from the house in one shoe? I don't think they want a lie detector test because they're afraid they won't pass a lie detector test. Here she is on the importance of DNA to the case. The clock is ticking down on DNA results. They will make or break the case. And here she is following a lack of DNA evidence on the unimportance to this case of DNA. Let me remind everyone, the absence of DNA does not mean a crime did not occur. <laughs> but one thing Nancy Grace was consistent on was the importance of hearing both sides of an argument before making a judgment. These recent court documents, Nancy, pretty much answer all the allegations and bar anything else, reasonable doubt is there. Well, I'm glad you have already decided the outcome of the case based on all of the defense filings. Why don't we just all uh, move to Nazi Germany where we don't have a justice system and a jury of one's peers? God is in the details. If these guys assaulted this lady and then ejaculated into a towel, you've got a towel with possible ejaculate in it, a rape, sodomy, strangulation, and beating inside a tiny bathroom, the oral swabbing, vaginal trauma. Question, was it sperm? <laughs> Nancy, you little minx. What well, well her, her producers are sure Jews, and one of them is named Naomi Goldstein, and the other one is... Mm -hmm. uh, Gold Band. What's his first name? I've forgotten. But his surname is Gold Band. He's a Jew from uh, Hofstra University on Long Island. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so those well, are the guys who who emphasize the Duke and uh, can't find Shannon Christian on the internet. And, well, and her one kids. Yeah, yeah, the clips Stewart had showed her like, oh, it's it's all about the DNA. And then the minute the DNA came back that it wasn't them, she she's like, well, they could have jerked off and they could have you know come in a towel basically. I mean. <laughs> Fucking that broad is a nut. Assault. That's assault. She, she is a good example of why women were never allowed on juries back in civilized times when they were hunting witches. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, they were considered just inherently injudicious. And that's it. And, boy, you can see, boy, that, that cunt wouldn't uh, total cop prosecutor mentality if they're charged, they're guilty. And uh, accuse, 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 point fingers, point fingers, scream, scream, scream. Not interest the farthest thing from judicious you could imagine, and yet she was a uh, I don't know if she was a judge. She was definitely a prosecutor for a, a long time, and someone I know told me she had like a hundred percent conviction record. You know. Yeah. Well, what about all these candle light vigils and uh, the calls of all of the faculty and whatnot to, to implicate these guys? What? Are they well, going to get sued now for defamation? Well, I would hope that Duke would sue. I would hope that those kids would sue Duke the school as well as Nifong. Yeah, they're going to yeah. sue Duke, uh, Nifong civilly, they say. Absolutely. To get their money see, back. See, the whole, the whole rest of this was, once once they came out, was uh, to blame Nifong completely. So all blame was funneled into him, where he certainly deserved a huge amount of blame, but he didn't deserve all the blame. First, there's a lying black whore, the sperm of untold numbers of men crawling around her pubes. That's one. She's the one who kicked the whole thing off. Second, there's there's the uh, Nifong and the and the DNA expert DNA expert who colluded in not releasing the results when it proved that the the, the guys had nothing to do with it. Then there's the media that that fed the whole thing, and then there's the gang of eighty eight so called at Duke. 
thoroughly documented on Durham and Wonderland, where the, the reporter Casey Johnson on his blog covered this in more detail than anybody the whole time. Second to him was Anderson at Lou Rockwell, who also linked to the Durham and Wonderland guy, John, Casey Johnson. And they, they showed exactly what was going on. And, and the 88 was 88 faculty members of Duke who signed the petition, uh, basically, you know, attacking white males and, and, and urging on the students who were basically trying to lynch them from the start. And as usual, you get a whole, as many double standards, hypocrisies, and ironies as you want. At the end of the day, Duke, the institution continues. You pay $40,000 a year to send your kid to be brainwashed in a bunch of Marxist lies by people who hate whites and hate uh, white males in particular. Mediocre feminists, uh, just like Giovanni of Virginia Tech, a few miles up the road, they're just mediocre women and coloreds and uh, minorities and faggots, and uh, they hate white males because basically that's the civilized, productive sector of society. And they're going to they're gonna eat off them and leech off them and blame them as long as they can until there's not one left. Yeah, well, is this black whore going to see any jail time? I mean, uh, obviously what she did was uh Don't illegal. think so. I don't think so. I don't think there's been any move to penalize her in any way. I mean, there has to be a law against uh, bearing false witness to that degree. I'm Google it up and see if they're charging her. I don't think anyone's made any motion to charge her with anything. They claim she's had mental problems for years, poor thing. This wasn't the first time she'd accused people of gang raping her, as it turns out. I don't know if the other ones were white or black or a mix or what, but she had accused people earlier. She'd been in the military. She'd been over in, like, San Diego, and, and I think there was something around there. She'd had a number of run-ins with the law, and and maybe she does have mental problems. I don't know, but that's, uh, that's a term that's used very, very uh, commonly. And the middle class, which is uh, people who see and speak in the media, they just love these terms like mentally ill and you need to seek professional help. They really, oh, they love the sound of that professional and and any anything that smacks of authority or authoritative, they they is just gold in their mouth. They love it. They they think it, it's so meaningful, and that's or why hate, they love it's like haters. Haters have to get professional help too. They 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 really feel they've really said a mouthful. They've really said something strong and powerful. And they say you, <laughs> you're a hater. You really need professional help. They think they're using weighty words to express deep the ante. profound meanings. They're, they're, they're dumb. They don't realize they're just being manipulated through verbal labels. I mean, mentally ill? I don't, I don't think Cho's mentally ill. I, I don't really... I like the book Thomas Zaz wrote, and I may be pronouncing that wrong. It's like S-Z-A-S-Z. He wrote The Myth of Mental Illness, and he goes a long way to saying, look, it's just character. The yeah. guy wanted to go shoot people. He went and shot people. You know? <laughs> I mean, he, he's not mentally ill. He, he, he's a bad guy. Yeah, and if you again, imitate, again, imitate some not. malady for years and years, you'll become that. That's what he did. You become what you dwell upon. And he, uh, if he's in such bad shape, how did he stay at a university and turn in reports and everything else? You know, month after month after month. Come on. Well, they, you know, they just can't admit to themselves that there's you know people have different choices. They make different choices. They have different characters. And but then even evil itself. You say he was evil, but even that is used as a way to evade the reality thing or doing something about it. And I'd like to say something, if I may, about characters, and that is this. If all of you people, especially baby boomers out there, if I may address you, because I'm one of those, if you think that your kids and grandkids are going to go through this racial Marxism system that Alex just uh, delineated for us and come out of that, and uh, they're going to get a fair shake from these people who are intensely competitive, that is, all these minorities flooding in from the 193 countries of the world, and if you think that they're going to be as... Uh, 
ignorantly and uh, and chumpily uh, blithe as you are and benign, <laughs> you're 100% wrong because it doesn't work like that. No, they're, they're going to be hostile to you unless you are, are in agreement with a liberal ideology that puts women of minorities, coloreds, fags, and Jews first, first, and you at the bottom to receive all the abuse. Unless you agree with that ideology, they are, you're going to find college quite a hostile place. Yeah, or, or not only college, the workplace in the coming decades, too. You're going yeah, to find it a place with an air that, where there's something in it, you don't really know what it is. You just pick up this vague overall ambience of hostility. It's real. It's quite real, and it's kind of a it's kind of the mist rising off the, the legal infrastructure in which you're essentially a third class person. There's not scholarships or set asides that are dedicated solely to you. They're they're everywhere you go. You see stuff in the wall that that is more or less aimed against you. Or over here at TSU, you see shit written in chalk on the uh, on the pavement. You know, there's always lesbians meeting for you know their fucking lacrosse club or whatever the hell they do and just it's the lesbian community i think you're referring to alex well the the homos are so organized <laughs> they're so organized they have so much power and they're always presenting themselves as these poor little powerless marginalized people who need someone uh-huh. to stick up they have the power it's not the organized white males of the power they they may have a couple frats and the frats are being continually harassed i mean don't kid yourself yeah instead uh, of organization let's just say they have the funding because if you get a budget of let's say sure. you know twenty thousand bucks and uh, your only job is to spend it, well things get done. Well, they have faculty backing and approval. They have so many fags up here at TSU. I've had numerous visitors come in and, and uh, say you go out to a bar, you go out to eat or whatever, and people are like, "Where do all these fags come from?" And there's a lot of fags out there. What they do here is they have the the different bars have like uh, karaoke is a big pull, and always what it is is like white girls and then if uh faggots and they're coming from the east coast and the west coast where are they coming from where do they come from craig no they come from st louis <laughs> well, they're coming out of the woodwork they, they have really popularized faggot faggotry you gotta admit i didn't have fucking faggots and half of them want to be actors or whatever and they i guess they go into chicago or new york but it's like damn there's got to be some kind of homosexual network at the college that's letting all these faggots in how do they force that off on people that faggotry is cool I just don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, I don't ha- ha- well, they've done it with niggers, Chain. They can do it <laughs> well, That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, niggers and, are cool, you know, minorities are cool, faggots are cool. I don't go God. out very much, but I swear to God, whenever I do, a couple times a year, it's always like that. It's the, it's the same damn thing. It's a faggot singing karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> faggots and women singing karaoke every damn time. Up in the Missouri-Iowa border, that's really something. Alex, what are they singing? Like uh, New York, New York. And they sing the other shit. It's just uh, George Michael. Just ridiculous. See, that's I guess the only thing. I guess that's what those kids like to do. So that's how they the bartenders make their money, or the bar owners make their money, is having the, all these fucking karaoke things. But uh, yeah. there's well, anyway, more faggots here than you would think there would be in a small town. To get back to this one point, like you were saying, Shane, affirmative action, I, I saw an idiotic, uh, I think it was some Catholic preacher uh, on the side of the Mexican invasion in California, and some white asked him, yeah, well, what about affirmative action? And he quipped, you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Well, how idiotic is that? Affirmative action, as we see in SA, doesn't apply to white minorities. So, any type of idiotic liberal who thinks the the, the minorities are going to 
have some graciousness and and fairness once they completely take over uh, are going to be sadly mistaken. Yeah, they don't have the genetic capacity to to understand what's going on, let alone uh, come up with new... See, we imagine that they're like us, but they're not like us. They don't have the capacity for setting up neutral laws and, and rendering them impartially. They can't do that. They're they're for themselves and their group, and they're they're fifty eight cousins who are always you know in some degree of pregnancy. There's just going to be more of that. You're gonna you know it's like any, you know you turn over a rock and there's a bunch of fucking ants. That's what they are. That's what they do. They live in little holes and they rush around with their little kids. And I mean they're just they're Mexicans. They're, there's no higher level there. They're 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 not on our level. They're just you know weeds taking over that section of the of the grass down in uh, in in Miami down in uh in LA and spreading if that's what you want then let them in if that's what you don't want then keep them out you can't turn them into normal you know bluegrass if white people yeah, well, we are bluegrass they're weeds a story out of uh, Virginia Beach Virginia illegal immigrant accused in fatal beach crash On Monday, the man at Virginia Beach charged in a fatal accident over the weekend made his first appearance in court. He used an interpreter since he speaks no English. There may even there may be even more problems for Ramos. He told the judge he was in this country illegally. The accident happened late Friday night at the intersection of Virginia Beach Boulevard and Kings Grant Road. Police say 22-year-old Alfredo Ramos slammed into the back of the car with two Virginia Beach girls inside. Both girls were killed instantly. The crash took the life of 17-year-old Allison Coonhart of First Colonial High School and 16-year-old Tessa Tranchant of Kellam High School. Yeah, here we have another Mexican piece of shit in this country who kills two white females just entering their prime breeding years. And, you know, they're going to hold, Tuesday, they're going to hold a candlelight vigil at Mount Trashmore. A lot of fucking die. Now, th- this is when we allow these, these shit skins into our country, this is the result. They take over. The, low, the bad drives out the good. The good does not turn the bad into good. It ain't alchemy. It's just Gresham's Law, not alchemy. This guy didn't even have a legal uh, driver's license, by the way. He had a fake driver's license. I think they're so far not even talking about that. They're even talking oh, about it. Oh, he's illegal. He's been busted multiple times before. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, yeah he, it says he's a criminal history. He has a criminal history, all misdemeanors. Oh, like they're so happy to point that out. Typical yeah. reporter. Who wrote that? Uh, they don't even say. It's probably an AP thing. But in October, he was charged with... With drunk in public, he was charged with driving without a license, identity theft, no seatbelt, no insurance, charged with public swearing and intoxication. I mean, he's got a long record. And there's just, the country has millions of people shit like this running around free. Yeah, this car is just open up totally wide. It looks, it looks as if it was, it says yeah. rear end, but it looks as if the side was ripped out of it. Just totally gaping hole. I mean, it, it looks they're like more than very, rear ended. Yeah. They're, they're very two uh, young, beautiful girls, too. They're, they're, they're very attractive girls. They're gone. Corpses now. And their lives are wasted because we allow the Jews to dictate our, to our country and choose its immigration policy. Yeah. So just look the other way while millions and millions of this sh- shit swarm come into the country and destroy our people. Could have been a Norwegian or a Swede drunk driver. That's what they'll tell us, right? You guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. one of the interesting things is, I guess uh, O'Reilly was bored, or maybe he was drunk, or 
but he covered this story and got into a big tiff with Geraldo, who was, of course, defending uh, the right of the illegals to be in this country. Geraldo Friedman, Aegis, that, that Geraldo? Geraldo yeah, Friedman? that, that, that the, the one. Son of a River. Jewish mother, which makes him a Jew by Israeli law. He can go back to Israel any time. The law of return he's recognized by the state of Israel as a, as a legal Israeli citizen. Yeah, even Bill O'Reilly was uh, was not having the the illegal immigrant angle. In right. His, uh, and, and I mean, O'Reilly is way up there on the GOPs yeah. list. So that that's a but, good video. The, the one you the, what you're talking about that's around. In fact, uh, the the lady yeah, he down. He blew a gasket. Yeah, he did. Yeah. They they were both yelling in. The, I think you have the story almost exactly wrong, my friend. I, I think that we're talking about drunk driving. And, uh, you know, there were 347 drunk driving fatalities in the Commonwealth of Virginia in the year 2005. I think this may be the first drunk driving story we've done from Virginia. And the only reason it's, it's news on the factor is because the driver was an illegal alien. Right. What if his name was Bubba? What if his name was Buddy? Not the what same if his name story. was Bobby? Not the it's same not the story. same story, but still, you know, my heart goes out to those, those parents. I hope so. But it, Really, it does. But there are 17,000 families that suffered the way those parents have. Yes. It's not an illegal alien story, Bill. It's a drunk driving story. And I think you no, owe that here, poor why you're lady wrong, mayor an apology. No, no. She doesn't enforce immigration she, policy. She has set up a system I, in her city, no, she knowingly, Bill, that says the police don't, don't feed the don't, don't feed that. What's his name? Well, Lou Dobbs' mom. You, listen. You Lou listen Dobbs to has me, regenerated his, his dead you, career right. on the backs of illegal aliens. Look, Let's not go there. You listen to me. I'll the Minutemen are, are, are wearing guns now on the border. You listen to me, I'll listen uh, what, to you. They're going to start shooting illegal aliens? When you uh, enter this country illegally, number one, you have no right to be here. No right. That's the truth. And number two, true. when you're caught committing a crime, as this man was four He was drunk time. in public twice. Hold, hold four and one times. time he was a drunk driver he with no victims. Been, he should have been deported the first time. And he was not. And the reason he wasn't deported... Because he didn't commit a felony. It doesn't make any difference. And he didn't he commit a, mis a misdemeanor. A he didn't commit a misdemeanor uh, having to do with moral turpitude right. either. So let me just say, everyone followed the law. You all, everyone had an apology from the governor no, to didn't. the mayor down. No, they didn't. Now, I just want to get this straight. You, Geraldo Rivera, with teenage daughters, right. are telling me that you are okay with it, somebody sneaking into the country, becoming drunk, Get convicted of a DUI and staying here. My, You're all right my with that. nightmare is my daughters having anything to do okay with a drunk. Let me finish my answer. My nightmare is my daughters having anything to do with a person driving drunk. That's my nightmare. Okay. It could be a Jewish drunk. This it could be a Polish drunk. Here. It could be an Irish drunk. No. It could be an Italian drunk. American what the crime, hell difference does it, it make? It makes plenty of difference. It does not. He doesn't have a right to be commit a felony. He doesn't have a right to be in this country. What? But that has nothing to do with the yes, fact that he was. Drunk. He should have been he was deported. Drunk. What he, he should have been deported, and this mayor and a police chief didn't deport him. Listen, do you know how many people we have in jail? How many of them are illegal aliens? Illegal aliens commit crimes at a lower rate than citizens do. This guy they shouldn't do. have been here. Cool your jets. It has nothing to do with illegal aliens. It has to do with drunk driving. It does Don't obscure he a tragedy to make a cheap political if point. I'm the father. It is a cheap political no, point. No, it isn't. And you know this it. This is justice. This has nothing to do with that poor old mayor. You it has want nothing to do no. with that mayor. You want anarchy. No. What you I want, want open border anarchy. What, I, what, what want. I want is fairness. We have lured fairness these people. Bull. We have lured these this is the we law. have lured these people oh, to this yeah. country with a promise of jobs in a country where there is basically full domestic employment. Right. We have for 
decades lured them here. This and now family, we're starting a mob scene. This you're gonna family have, you're gonna, you're, lured you no You want one. your viewers to go knocking on people's door, door Don't to door. Pull, Are you an pull. illegal? I want to take you outside and do I something I want the to law enforced. History has seen what happens when you I single out people like that. I want the law enforced. And you, you don't. Uh, also, this is the guy who said, I would die for Israel, this Geraldo. I would die for Israel. I'm a Zionist. I've always been a Zionist. He said that during the... Uh, when they're looking Jerry for Ben Laden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it turns out, I think the mayor of Trashmore, one of these places, is a Jew, too. And she's actually, or was partly responsible for letting this guy, having such a lenient policy Oh, it's incredible. It's just like with uh, the niggers who killed, like Rome, Slim, and whatever, who killed... Uh, Shannon Christian and and uh, Chris Newsom, they were all out on. Uh, uh, they they'd all had prior convictions, at least serious ones too, not misdemeanors. Not like beating up people in bars, uh, calling them names. No, like you know, armed robberies. Mm -hmm. So there's a yeah, there's a you got to protect yourself and your family, and you you could have people killed at any time by these invaders because. We don't run our own country. The Jews do. You think they've got illegal I aliens in uh, in Israel who are running around, running into people uh, drunk? No, they don't. Yeah, I guess the wall. best, the the most, or the most accurate way to describe the United States at this time is simply a state of anarchy. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, if there's anarchy here and there. You just you just never know. I mean, you never know what you're going to run into. Or, or anarcho-tyranny, as we put it, you know, an San, anarchy yeah. for the That's how San, San, uh, San Francis put it, making the point that it's essentially anarchy for the lawless legal aliens and it's tyranny for the white middle classes who have the insurance and pay the taxes and effectively subsidize their own dispossession and, and literal murder. And, and it's ridiculous. Somehow whites think that if they pretend that it doesn't, affect them or that they're above it or that uh, it's random this I, I guess they believe it ennobles them ennobles them up so to speak or makes them be above it as if they're somehow morally superior and this is a really weak position to take for the future of your family of your own family it's a, it's a horrible uh, groveling sick position to take and uh, I, I, I myself don't understand how so many whites can adopt it as an emotional or a logical or a uh, survival mechanism. It's not. It's anti-survival. It's anti-reality. The whole thing you just talked about, the both of you, and uh, if we can't wake up even some few people to this obvious fact, then, then they will fail. But it's as plain as the nose on your face. Why can't people see it? Well, the leaders I, have been I guess they're off. thinking they're too good to be persecuted because they're overlooking all of the horror. Uh, but it doesn't work that way. When your number's up in a crazy system, your number's mm -hmm. up, and you were just a coward for not pointing it out. Well, look, you guys, there's anything that, that can be done. They have this new hate law. Yeah, well, I was just looking it up, and we were talking about it before we began to record it. What is it, 1592, I think it is? Let me try to pull it up again. And uh, this is the new Democratic hate law. I don't, I don't mean to jump ahead, eh, just if we're going to talk about this. Maybe we're not, but... I thought about, you can get accosted on the street by two or three blacks, niggers, and, and they can, uh, you know, they can literally assault you. You cannot get away. And then the three of them, all they have to do is lie in racial concert. And according to this new law, uh, you'll face ten years. That's all they have to do, just lie. Two of them could lie. One of them could lie. 
And if you get uh, niggers on a jury in almost any place in the United States now, three or four niggers, and five, four, that's enough to intimidate the rest of the whites. They think they're they're really a, a good person to go along with. It must have been that. Ten years for defending yourself is what it would amount to as long as you have one, or one, two or three people willing to lie against you. It's just like what Dr. Pierce talked about was going to happen. It's happening sooner, it seems to me. Well, we all know, Jane, niggers don't lie. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they found Sean Walker guilty of, uh, I don't know what the precise charge was, but basically uh, some kind of fight with a Mexican in, in some bar, and uh, they're saying he could be sentenced to up to 20 years. I don't think he's been sentenced yet. But now, is this Sean Walker from uh, the Sean National Sean Walker of the National Alliance, yeah. And he was involved in a bar fight? He was involved in a bar fight, and years after the fact, the uh, justice or the feds dragged it out and made it some kind of civil rights deal, and somehow there's a trial. I don't know more details than that, but there's just a story in KSL, the Salt Lake paper. And, yeah, so the the suckers found him guilty of something. Now, what did he do that was any worse uh, than what that Ramos did? Well, Ramos was out walking around enough to, to drive into these girls and kill them, whereas Walker could be locked up for quite a while. So, yeah, the, these illegal invaders have more rights than you do. The other part of that is if you ever get in a dispute with one, you might as well kill it because nothing worse is going to happen to you. You know, if, if, if you beat them up or whatever, you get 20 years. Niggers don't serve 20 years for, uh, for murdering people. For armed robbery, what do they serve? I mean, those fuckers were out in a couple. If even that, they're probably on probation after like a year or something or 13 months. So The odd thing is, is I think that the real reason, I believe you mentioned this before, that the system treats them that way is that uh, essentially it, rec- it recognizes that they're subhuman. Otherwise, it wouldn't give them all these uh, uh, sp- extra special breaks in allowance of their natural uh, genetic inclinations. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like only whites to a higher standard. standard. So only yeah, it's holding us exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. And we all just wink and yeah, we we pretend that that the minorities uh, and women are full people, but they're not really expected ultimately. It's, it's you see the same thing like divorce courts and whatever, and the women, no matter how responsible an adult they may seem, you know, they get in there and they start they start claiming they're abused and they're treated unfairly, and they they fall back on that. Mm-hmm. Start crying, breaking down. That's why they're the honorary minority. If white if white males are going to have to accept all the responsibility, then they should have all the power. Only they can set it up so that it's actually run efficiently and correctly. Otherwise, it goes straight back into the third world. And that's what we're seeing. And it may be good for the Jews, but it's sure not good for us here at Goyfire, and it's not good for you listening. Well, we do have a story here out of Tennessee. Now, uh, we we have been following the Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom story very closely, which was mm-hmm. a multiple murder in Tennessee. But we are get, so witnessing one murder case that's getting its coverage. In fact, it's getting national coverage and continuous national coverage. Although it's only the murder of uh, a husband uh, or a wife killing her minister husband, this would be Mary Winkler. Uh, Quote, Mary Winkler referred to stupid stuff when a police agent asked her why she killed her minister husband, Matthew, in an audio tape statement recorded the day after the shooting. Prosecutors played the statement for jurors in her first-degree murder trial Friday. Then Alabama Bureau of Investigation agent Stan Stabler questioned Winkler on the tape. Uh, Winkler had been in, taken into custody in Orange Beach, Alabama, along with her three daughters. 
authorities had found a shotgun in the back of her minivan. Police had been looking for them since Matthew Winkler's body was found in his church, Parsonage, on March 22nd. 2006. So, Alex, uh, I think you've been covering this. Uh... Well, she murdered this guy, and yet they covered it. Uh, they've covered it quite a bit, and I've avoided it because I don't give a shit, and I know how they're going to play it. But listen to this: Winkler could avoid jail time. This is a woman who shot her husband dead in bed in cold, absolutely cold blood. The record of a woman convicted last week for killing her husband may be expunged. A week after Mary Winkler was found guilty, not of first-degree murder, but of voluntary manslaughter for shooting the death of Matthew Winkler, there's talk of her serving no prison time and having her record expunged. According to legal experts, this is possible. And Winkler's lawyers are taking steps to make it happen. Their client faces up to six years, right? So Sean Walker faces 20 years for beating up some Mexican uh, illegal bartender, whereas she murders her husband and maybe faces six years. How about Matt Hale? Forty years for an ear whisper on the phone, or whatever it was. Forty years, people. Yeah, forty for years for Matt Hale for absolutely nothing. And Winkler's lawyers are taking okay. The, their client faces up to six years, but there's a legal maneuver that could keep her out of jail. Winkler was charged with first degree murder and the death of her husband Matthew Winkler in their Selmer home in March 2006. If convicted, that's a 51 year sentence. Uh, Matthew Winkler had been pulpit minister at Selmer's Fourth Street Church of Christ. The jury came back with a lesser charge that carries a three to six year sentence. How do you turn it? What's objectively is a first degree murder into a manslaughter charge? Because she's claiming that you know abuse and she was victimized and he was mean to their kids and all this other unrelated crap. Uh, and, and like I said, I mean she shot him dead in bed. There's no manslaughter about it. But again, no one really believes women are capable of being responsible for anything. So the old attitude was that they are not, you can't take their testimony and they can't sit on juries because their their word is not liable. Well, that's still what people believe, except that the only difference now is they actually have the power. They, they, they've been empowered, as they love to say. Their irrationality and their injudiciousness have been empowered so that they can even murder you and basically walk away from it. Well, I guarantee of- you if... If Matt Winkler had shot her, do you yeah. think he'd be getting six years? Instead, she was a complete cunt. She didn't raise the kids right. She did this and this wrong. Do you think they would have had any uh, any excuses or exoneration for him? Hell no. He would have got first-degree murder. He would have been another evil white male, you know, a, a Protestant preacher or a Protestant minister, and throw the book at him. Yeah. It's merely her word, too. It's just a... a yeah, hearsay, yeah, really. exactly. And she's trying to get probation and... and, and Get her record expunged. Uh, <laughs> this is the one they caught with her three children down in Georgia, as I recall. I, I haven't read the link here. That she ran off somewhere. Alabama. Yeah, it was well, Alabama. Alex, yeah. why is this getting coverage and uh, the Chris uh, Shannon Christian, Chris Newsom case not getting the coverage? Well, I don't know. Even to me, inherently, there's not much. There's not much that's really even very interesting about it. Uh, of course, you've got a white on white. You've got a white woman claiming some kind of child abuse or some kind of other abuse who kills her husband. So that I think that the conservative side, I posted this on VNN, I said that Tennessee murder, they do care about it, and I linked to uh, uh, the, the conservative media critics who claim that it's because it's anti-Christian that the L.A. Times and the New York Times have both covered this trial as well as the extensive national TV coverage because it kind of, they always have to, every story has to fit one of their approved myths. And this would be of the, the evil white preacher and the slash evil white male and the woman strikes back so it fits that that's why they cover it whereas the shannon christian stuff 
reflects poorly on the national racial lie that, that, that integration is moral good. So it's pretty obvious, but inherently it's not even really that interesting of a story, I don't think. But, you know, that, that's the society we live in where this, this, this cunt can pick up the gun and murder her husband and the, the jury, again, the jury lets her off for three to six years and she might end up with probation and eventually having it expunged. In the public mind, she's practically a heroine. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, let's I mean, see. They don't I, blame I, her for doing it. I, what would you have done? I don't blame her for doing it. This is what women say. I've heard them say things like that in these cases. What would you have done? What can what can she do? She couldn't yeah, get away it, from him while he was sleeping. <laughs> she, <laughs> so she had to pull that shotgun trigger. <laughs> Dave, she was nailed down. That's right. Psychically trapped, ages. <laughs> I'm trying to find, you know, I just haven't followed this closely. By her devotion. Exactly what she's claiming, but... <laughs> Chayna, I feel your logic is putting this case in a rather ridiculous light. You know what Stovepipe said about Greta Van Susser reminded me of when when, uh, when uh, <laughs> Alex was talking about uh, Nancy Grace. He says this is Greta Van Susser, and he said she is such a legal genius. He said she knows what the judge is going to say, what the defense lawyers will say, what the prosecutors are going to say, and what the jury is going to say. He says, "Hell, get rid of the whole damn system and just turn it all to Greta Van Susser." And she is so goddamn smart. Uh-huh. And this is this is what women think they are nowadays. It's true. They're all little mini Greta Van Susserns and Nancy Graces. Screw it. Shut up already. Well, see, here's now. Here's this is a typical. Uh, I'm just googling here to dig something up. Commercial appeal. I think that's a Memphis paper column by Leanne Kleinman. You think that's a Jew? Well, it very may well be. Victim's view can be blinded by abuse. Where were her girlfriends was what I asked in my column today, thinking that a blah, 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 sympathetic, concerned friend might have helped Mary Winkler out of the nightmare that her marriage had become. Several of the women I interviewed this week, domestic abuse survivors all. And see, these are words that, you know, abuse. Every single woman who doesn't like what's going on, they always claim, oh, I was abused. I was abused. What does it mean? He wasn't nice to me. Seldom does it mean actual physical violence that they have a documented record of. It means they didn't feel, they didn't like certain things or they didn't feel right. And in this case, it's being used to excuse a literal murder. Yeah, well, studies show that women are often the people who instigate violence in the household. Oh, yeah. That's like 60% more often. Yeah. uh, Do they instigate physical violence? So. Lesbian households are like the most violent of all. If you want to consider two two women living together and having sex as as a household, yeah, but those are just the facts. We can't let them get in the way of our uh, utopian vision here that women are yeah beyond reproach. Well, they they will even go so far ages as to say, well, even if it's true and and the woman initiated the violence, obviously they're not as strong, and they do it because of their emotionalism, and so the man should be understanding and not return in kind yes, have again a, there's that morality you know they're holding us up to a higher standard and mm-hmm. when we don't take it then we're the bad guy well when women were made an honorary minority for various reasons by uh, Jewish slicers and dicers of uh, what should be in America everything changed when, when I was young I remember you would not see them uh, they weren't running society they didn't tend to be lawyers and uh at every level of governmental and uh, educational uh, life. Yeah, they were They get professors. it both ways nowadays. That's mm. how they want it. They want it both ways, and that's how they get it too often. The next big story up is that the EU agreed to penalties for racism and xenophobia. 
the European Union on Thursday made inciting racism and xenophobic xenophobia crimes throughout its 27 member states in a landmark decision tempered by. <laughs> they don't call yeah. it that, but that's what it is. The new deal specifies one to three year prison terms for incitement to violence or hatred against a group of persons or a member of such a group defined by reference to race, color, religion, descent, or national or ethnic origin. That could include sending of tracts, pictures, or other material. How about Mm. citing crime statistics? Hmm. The deal reached by EU justice ministers in Luxembourg displays Europe's common moral values, EU Justice Commissioner Franco Frattini told reporters. Mm. Comes after almost six years of wrangling and falls short of Germany's ambitions of specially outlawing Holocaust denial. The text also notes that member states may choose to punish only conduct which is either carried out in a manner likely to uh, disturb public order or which is threatening, abusive, or insulting. Or insulting. They're really limiting themselves to the very serious crimes, it seems. (laughs) It seems as if they're interested in selective prosecution the way they worded that, that caveat you, you mentioned. You are saying that in your research of this, you thought it wouldn't apply in this country I'm in, in Estonia. Is that right? Because the Estonian parliament didn't, wouldn't recognize it. So on the one hand, they say all 27 member states. These are some things I don't quite understand about the EU. But on the other hand, every country can choose to. And also, let's just say they didn't like somebody. For instance, if a Jew is talking about... Uh, Mm, you know, white people or Nazis, which they like to do, a Jewish rabbi, that's not hate, of course. You know, if you happen to be a, a Nazi or a neo Nazi or whatever, that's not hate for him. So, in other words, they can prosecute it the way they want, selectively. Right? Yeah, yeah it's a ridiculous law and it's not applied. It's only applied to groups that they hate. You get up and pray every day, thank God for not making me a woman and not making me a goy. Is that hate? You know, but if you cite, cite crime statistics about the Mexican illegals that the Jews have let into your country, that is hate. And, you know, what is incitement to hatred anyway? You can kind of understand incitement to violence if you say, okay, go kill these people to a, to a large angry mob, but... Uh, it can be anything they want it to be, practically. Sure, it's, it's like uh, you're guilty of causing them to feel a feeling. You know, and, and what it's complete thought crimes, gibberish. And it's just yeah. it's just a better another tool for them to go after people whose opinions they don't like, and then hypocritically claim they protect free speech at the same time, like it's somehow separate. Speech is like you don't talk about anything that actually affects anything or really matters, so it turns all of life into some stupid, dangerous sitcom. Yeah, you're free to be obscene, but you're not free to matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you get the and there's even been quotes from I think Huxley said something like they they take away your political freedom they give you sexual license in exchange so that everything on TV is you know homosexuality and lesbians and girls gone wild and and you're, you're perpetually you talk about incitement how about a perpetual incitement to lust and and sexual uh, immorality is the way e. Michael Jones would put it and trying to get you stirred up and un, unfocused. 
And meanwhile, when you try to deal with anything serious, well, that's forbidden to you. We have all the answers there. You don't need to think. We don't care what you think about these different groups that we're mixing together. And I saw something like they're letting 9,000 Tanzanians into some state in the middle of the country. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? This is a country I haven't heard of of the 193 in quite a while, Tanzania. How, how can there be a black community and a gay and lesbian community all over the press and the television, and there's no white community? I've never heard the term white community. Whites only exist as butts bearing burdens. And we see there's real insanity up in, uh, maybe we haven't discussed it, but up in Seattle they have all that uh, no lignity of a boss, the white race stuff is already into the high schools. It's not just the colleges, it's already gone down to that level of getting into the high schools and some of the more, quote, progressive areas. Yeah, for you people in the Midwest, maybe you don't travel a lot, or maybe you have a relative who's a trucker or something and gets out, or a university professor and goes and talks or whatever, but maybe you don't. But I'll tell you, in places like Arlington County, Virginia, or the Arlington, Virginia, right next to D.C. and Seattle, and many other places which are economically quite prosperous, they're absolutely filled with minorities. And all of these people are coming from all over the world and supplanting your relatives. And if you think it's not going to uh, encroach and, and, and come into the Midwest, Alex was just talking about all the homosexuals, and some of those are white. Why? Because they've been convinced by media that this is the way to go. Let somebody stick a dick up your ass. Gee. Mm-hmm. It's cool. What the fuck? Well, they are in a compromise move, the EU member states also adopted a declaration deploying all crimes against, committed by totalitarian regimes. Hmm. I guess that means the communists. After the new rules are adopted, member states will have two years to comply with this, the decision. The Baltic states, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, indicated that their parliament would first have to agree to the text. So there again, you have the, the problem between a uber-national governing body and the national parliaments. Mm-hmm. And uh, the EU wants to abridge all of the national governments and just make these decrees. Mm-hmm. But the three countries, La- Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, at least said, well, look, we got to get this approved by our own national governments before we can... And what if they don't approve them, then what? Yeah. Hmm? That's a good question. You know, the, our well, founding fathers... out of the EU because <laughs> they don't hold the common morals. That I don't think they'll do, do that because them. they want the money. But but our founding fathers, who we warned about, uh, a number of them warned about the con- concentration of federal power. But now it's not only federal, it's international with international Jewry. They're pushing these kind of... Uh, Socialism and communism, they pushed it all over the world for decades and decades, and they still won't stop. Even when the Soviet Union fell apart, we've talked about this in other goyfars, all of a sudden they morphed into stop pushing communism, and they're, they're, all of a sudden they're neocon, conservatives, going to war for freedom all over the world. War is peace, uh, just like in Orwell's 1984, constant state mm-hmm. of war, war is peace. So here's where we are now. Well, where we were before, oh, that's when all the communists were killing. Where were we before that? That's when the Schiff family is shipping uh, $20 million. Yeah, and I was reading some essay just a while ago, you guys, and uh, it said that uh, one of the ten top women activists in the United States is married to the grandson of the Schiff, some white woman. Uh, and this is besides well, the one right into the Gore family. Yeah. It, it, maybe it was, it was she, but it's... Uh, 
Perenna or whatever, one of them. Yeah, and, and look, these are big, huge families. This is not like, oh, you married the, you know, the, the Jewish dentist who lives down the block. I mean, you know, if you marry one of these, one of these families, you're, you're angling for that, I would say. I mean, you didn't just meet them at the backyard barbecue. Come sure, on. it's an attempt to form an elite, or, or it's an attempt to cement an elite that's you know, run sure. by Jews and, and, and others who marry in with them. We'd call them race traders, but they have their own agenda, and that means you know they don't they don't believe race matters except uh, protecting their own group of people is what matters to them. And they don't not favor nations because they got eighty thousand acre ranches, you know, down in South America, like the bushes, and they have brown relatives. And uh, you know, at the same time, they're pushing this stuff in Europe. There, uh, uh, the SPLC the other day called for an investigation of Kevin McDonald within the last two days. Big article about that in the LA Times. So he's got to be investigated in case he's spreading any anti-Semitism in his classes. Mm-hmm. That's what one of their one of the SPLC clowns said. Yeah, he's a tenured professor at Cal State Long Beach, and they're trying to they're trying to do what they can to get rid of him. But he has tenure, so there's nothing they can really do. So they're smearing his reputation. Yeah, and the article yeah. said that everyone who graduates with a degree in child development has to go through one of his courses. And so someone at the university said, "We don't know what he's doing in there. Oh, maybe he's having." African voodoo, who knows? Sex. Yeah, it could be a Satanist worship. Uh, we don't know what he's doing in there. What is that supposed to mean? It's the Come typical on. Jew thing. Everything that you do has to be open to their inspection and, and for yeah. their approval, but whatever they do is, is done in secret, and you can't know anything about it. They have the right to all their own private institutions. Yeah, At the same like time, the they demand complete access to yours and no privacy for whites. You can't even have your own thoughts, as we see in the U. Oh, you're, are you having thoughts that run against our common moral values? We've imposed on you, you know that that oh, wow. that's so how it is. And they want it. They it's essentially it's a state religion, and they and while at the same time they're, they're as liberals, they're too hypocritical. They can't simply acknowledge they want to dictate what they want everyone to think. No, they have to claim that oh, these express our common. This is just an expression of our common moral values. Well, and if, if you fight is, back with words, speech. If you defend yourself or defend your people with words, you're a bad person. You're a terrorist, essentially. Well, clear, clearly, if they feel there's something they need to outlaw, it's not because uh, <laughs> it's not because it doesn't. It, if the values really are common, then why do you need to outlaw it? If, if they are common values, mm-hmm. then no one would say those kind of things. They're saying them yeah, saying repeatedly for centuries because they're expressing truths. And now it's not physical violence; it's uh, emotional. Oh violence yeah, it's, it's yeah. By words like <laughs> bombs. It's simply thought crimes. I mean, you're you're inciting someone to hatred. What does that mean? You're attempting to change their mind by sending them a political tract with facts and figures about race and crime. No, no, you're you're not educating them. You're inciting them to hatred. Is the Jew inciting to hatred with his constant references on TV to white trash and to Euro trash? I well, know that's a free expression. I would say. Well, sure. The, the, even. The, the rules are ridiculous, and even so, they're not evenly applied. Just whatever is anti-white will work is what they'll do. And yeah, now, Alex, they shut down. Is this correct? The forum has been shut down. This is a U.S. server uh, company. Our server pulled the plug. Uh, we're told it was related to some death threat, but they would not say. They wouldn't cite any specific. Uh, Posting on the forum or or admit where it came from. How uh, we're considering suing them this time. We're seriously considering suing them, and more about that later. We have a new host, but we're not up yet. It's going to take a little bit of doing. And these these bastards basically tried to. Bottom line is we have to extract our data from some huge file and get it back in there. But we should be up and running. I don't know. Hopefully two three days. 
there are hate laws. Now, you said you think this is sort of a precursor of, of similar hate laws being uh, passed in the States. Where oh well, well they, they legally shut people down for well they have a, they ha- I don't know the I haven't seen the latest but they've had a couple of bills working through Congress and one of them is essentially a pre-crime bill that would allow the feds to come in uh, and aid the local cops in spotting people who might be thinking about breaking the law and busting them even before it happens I mean literally like pre-crime stuff <laughs> so they can go in and say well this guy's using words that we have found to be you know really trigger words that perceive violent action or or the expression of opinions that we're not really happy about, so we probably ought to just bust them now and save the time and trouble. But not if you're an illegal immigrant, I guess. Yeah, not if you're an illegal immigrant. You're you're bearing your diversity, diversity and riches change, all mankind. Change your name yeah. to Joe Mama. Look, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's this is ADL. actually a Missouri law. What is this? I, I, I miss. No, what you that's said, ADL bills that are going through Congress right now. Oh yeah, fifteen ninety two. Yeah, they actually use the word. The introduction talk. of the, the local law enforcement feeling you may remember from a couple of years ago. Yeah, fifteen ninety two. Yeah, I don't yeah, well, know what the status of those is, but you know, Bush. Someone told me that Bush sneaked through that Mexican trucker law during the Cho thing. <laughs> Basically, allows them free run of the U.S. Truckers have access to our roads just like their American truckers even though they don't have to meet American standards. So, you know, they do these things in the dark of night, try to push it through. Germany's been trying to get Holocaust laws established across the EU, and there's some resistance, but most of those states are on the same page. They may not be quite at the same level, but they have a lot of the same laws already. And, yeah, it's just laws against thought. It's laws against free speech while keeping the name of free speech to solve their own... You know, it's it's liberals. They want to be one thing and and pretend that they're another. They don't want to admit what they are. Your censors, your totalitarians. That's what it is. You don't want anybody speaking back against you. You want to dictate that there's one way to think, and you want to throw anyone in jail who resists. Admit it to yourself. Well, if they could admit it to themselves, they probably wouldn't think that way. That's why it's something genetic in their psyche. The particular cast it takes is determined by the the leaders of society, and that's the Jews. But the, the impulse to ban others from speaking is, is certainly present in plenty of white people. It's just that whites have a remarkable percentage of people who are not in that, uh, not of that genetic mold. White males can understand why you, you need to allow others to make their case. You don't ban them. You out-argue them. People are not like that. And even most white males are not like that. It's just that there's a higher percentage of them that are, and those, those have dominated society through the ages, and that's how whites got to the position where free speech was common across many white countries. But now it's going back the other way, as white males have uh, lost political control, ceded it to the Jews. The Jews are going to take the opportunity of having seized power to uh, prevent others from learning what they're up to. <clears throat> the in- Internet is the real threat to that. That was rapid-fire, peer-to-peer communication across borders, that's the ironic part of it is these globalizers the internet kind of lays them low and itself is a, is a globalizing phenomenon they want to take down our borders and allow mexican truckers in but we can use our the internet across borders to uh without paying any money for fuel or airfare to uh tell others hey here's what the jews are trying over here what are they doing in your area and people don't believe this this, this jew stuff uh alex and a lot of them don't especially well, some morphing neocons I just want to say Chertoff was yeah. down in Mexico City, and he, Lou Dobbs had a report, and he said, what in the world is the head of Homeland Security doing down in Mexico City promoting the Mexican economy? And, uh, of course, they would give up some sort of pat answer, I'm pretty sure. Well, you know, we want to 
uh, have Mexico become uh, better off. I think right now they're something like number 10 or 12 in the world in per capita mm-hmm. income. They're pretty high up there. And uh, the, I think the real reason he was down there was to promote this tri-nation concept. Mm-hmm. And, uh, other people have said that, the, that if there's a massive attack on the level of 911, that they may try to consolidate it. And if there's a collapse, they may say, well, we just may have, we're going to have to consolidate here and have one currency. So... And work like the EU, they may say, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, this international crisis, just as the Patriot Act backpedaled and took away a lot of constitutional rights, and almost all Americans went right along with it in the same way they did it with gun guns. Yeah, the Congress shall make no law to abridge uh, freedom of the press or, or, or against guns or against uh, right the right to bear arms. Corpus. Right, yeah. right to bear arms. They're going to do the same thing with the First Amendment. And they'll say, oh, except in the course of hate speech, because everybody knows hate is bad. It's called they just redefine things. Sure. Free speech means the speech we allow you, mm-hmm. which will be sex, purility, from Howard Stern to the, the stuff you see on Fox. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I just read today that, you know, talking about Chertoff down in Mexico, we now have FBI presence in several of those countries down there because... We have MS-13, the Salvadoran gang, operating in 42 states. This is a story on World Net Daily and uh, FBI presence in Mexico, El Salvador, and Guatemala. And uh, these suckers are all over the U.S. now, thanks to our open borders due to people like Chertoff. So there's a very, very high cost of allowing Jews to dictate our immigration policies and our foreign policies and every other policy. And our daughters killed, as we saw from the Ramos killing them in uh, yeah. Like our familial to, self-interest. Getting our our boys killed over in Iraq to <laughs> just having our neighborhood shot up by the MS-13. Yeah, well, the way I see it, I, I mean, if we look at them really like an international crime syndicate where they're always going to be in the minority uh, from a global standpoint, they're, you know, by fucking things up, they camouflage their own criminal activity better. Because there's more shit going on. It's not just them. It's the MS-19 or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's the niggers, yeah. and it's uh, this, that, and the other thing. <clears throat> and so before anyone would get to them, they've got a whole lot of other things to do. Mm-hmm. So they just they just increase the static level. Yeah, no doubt and about it. They're roiling the waters and, and, and stirring up mud, and it's harder to see them. Right, and at the same time, when if they do infiltrate the political establishment, when they do speak about becoming tough and hard, they come down on the only people that could get them themselves, namely uh, whites. Mm-hmm. So they they take out the class that could possibly come down on them. Produce so genuine competition. They need to they need to keep decapitated the white corpse and just keep it alive and, and, you know, working for them and making them money and bleeding for them, but uh, not thinking and going its own way. We're their, we're their Frankenstein's monster, you know? Yeah, we see this here. The next big thing is the French election. Uh, we had Le Pen uh, and, and uh, a, cons- a neoconservative by the name of uh, Sarkozy, who's also a Jew. Uh, and then we had the ultra-liberal communist socialist mm-hmm. uh, woman by the name of Royale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Is that how they pronounce that over there? I, I, I think, or Royal, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm asking. They, I heard Stewart talking about that election. Jew John Stewart, 
Marianne Royale or Royal, I think he was calling her. Yeah, and so there's been a lot of talk of this, and really excellent analysis at the website majorityrights.com, where they basically said it's a setup where they have the neoconservatives stealing some of the French Nationalist Party's rhetoric and making the socialists, the royal or royal, uh, ultra-liberal, like kissing immigrants and promising them increases, and by jerry-rigging it in this way, they're they're sort of channeling people to the neoconservative candidate, which in this case happens to be a Jew, Sarkozy. Mm. And it says here from, from the article, the FN itself, for French nationalists, the Le Pen vote of 11.5% holds little promise for the future. His high watermark of 22% in 2002 will haunt his successor. The French liberal establishment can draw three conclusions. One, uh, their greatest electoral enemy is low turnout, providing the bulk of the electorate carry on believing that conventional politics will solve their problems. A high turnout, this one was 84%, will always work for them. Two, if after the 18 days of Paris riots and the vote against the EU constitution, the French people still support the political center, there is virtually nothing that can threaten them. Three, incorporating FN ideas into public discourse discourse works against political nationalism. It now remains to be seen how much of Sarkozy's, quote, I won't betray you promises to FN supporters and royals wrapping herself in le tricolore will feed through to the victor's presidential policy. Didn't, didn't uh, you say also that uh, Le Pen as the BNP did in Britain, back down from a lot of nationalist stands to some extent? Yeah. Le Pen pointed his daughter, Jean-Marie, uh, to, to very important positions within the party, and she has been uh, softening its image. Try to gain remaking votes. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a couple of other points. This woman, this royal... Representing the socialist, the socialism was a was a Jewish creation in history, and that's a known fact now. And so she's representing the radical wing, and again, the the, the Jewish tribe sets it up that way. I'm not saying they sit around and plan it; it just kind of happens. Uh, that that uh, she's just out there and you know, met, promising everything, and uh, the way they do in the United States, only they deliver there. And they're trying the same thing in France, I guess. So she's, I suppose, talking to Muslim immigrants in France. France and the UK and the US seem almost in a three-way tie for being totally uh, invaded uh, without any national interest for the indigenous whites and uh, just in a state of total mess. One of the most disturbing parts is that even the nationalists like uh, Le Pen's party we're seeing now with Jean Marie they 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 came they're almost like yesterday's conservatives in a way in that they're they're making direct appeals to non-whites. Uh, they're they're not admitting that they're racist. They they always deny that. And they always say you know whatever they can assimilate. If people assimilate and say they're French, then they're a part of the French nation and blah blah blah. So it's almost as if the FN mm-hmm. itself didn't really offer the the alternative that it should have been. And therefore, they lost and, voters to this uh, Sarkozy. Right. right. And, I mean, in addition to that, the media completely blacked out 
all of uh, the FN's um, activities in like a year, I'd say a year or two preceding this election. Mm-hmm. There's been absolutely no coverage of them in any type of positive light. Sarkozy said some moderate things against immigrants, too, hasn't he, to sort of appeal yes, to Le Pen? Yes, he has. He's, he's stolen he, rhetorical thunder from the uh, French nationalist position, and, and at the same time, the French nationalist position has weakened its image in this idiotic plea for votes, just like Republicans reaching out to the Latinos, uh, even though they never get any votes from them. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like it goes off, as if it's going off according to a plan. And uh, in fact, Israel issued a commemorative stamp congratulating uh, Sarkozy for his win (laughs) in the presidential election about two, two months ago. So... Huh. Really? Yeah, the majority yeah. rights people that you recommended, Aegis, they were, I was reading that on your recommendation, and uh, they said that a lot of the money that the United States gives to Israel allows them to free up their money to support political efforts all over the world, including this one right here in France, or uh, right over in France. And uh, in other words, they're being flooded with so, U- so much U.S. money that, you know, it'll... They can play politics, which they love to do. Jews do love to do that, and also infiltrate. Historically, they love to do that, even as they infiltrate our board. But uh, that's what they love to do. They're political beings. And so the U.S. pumps in the money. Meanwhile, white kids' uh, futures decline in universities and everywhere else, and white people pay for this. It's when will white people begin to literally shoot? I don't know historical uh, wonderment to find out. Yeah, well, they, these guys have also been making comparisons to the U.S. elections, and they were saying, well, this royal is the Hillary type, uh, and then they got the neocon in there. Only we don't have really the third uh, leg. We're, we're not as far ahead or far behind the French in that we don't even have that type of safety valve of a national party that we could... I guess we did have those those uh, third party people like Perot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Perot was sort of a safety valve in a way, but yeah, until that twenty year old nigger hounded him down when he talked about you people and the whole press. You would have thought this sage nigger, nineteen or twenty years old, was uh, the hottest thing to come along since uh, I don't know Joan of Arc or something. Remember that Perot talked about you people are going to suffer from this or something. And some nigger hollered from the back, what do you mean, you people? And the whole national press, uh, Jewish press, lit upon that as if this was really something. And that's yeah. when Perot's uh, whole career went straight down the tubes. Kind of like Howard Dean letting out that supposed yeah. uh, yell. Yeah, that's so funny that you people thing came up again during the Imus case. Because he, 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 I think, said something similar on uh, the Al Sharpton show. And, of course, they tried <laughs> to jump on that, too. Uh-huh. You people, what you mean? You see something different? Let me say, you people in the United States, you white people better realize that as soon as you rid yourself of all this multiculturalism, and whatever that means, reorganizing states, reorganizing families, reorganizing uh, national money, uh, geography, you have to move whatever. Whenever that happens, you'll see how much fun it is to live in a white society where you're not, you know, you can laugh at them over the border, how they're carrying on like a lot of monkeys. Either that or you're going to live as the people do in South Africa where you're being raped and murdered at a far greater rate than you are even being now. Right now it's just 
psychic torture day by day from your all your media and from uh, and 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 a drain on your your money to pay for all this nonsense. You know, if yeah, you're lucky. I would say mm-hmm. the hostility. Yeah, it's yeah. everywhere the in hostility. the bureaucracy. Yeah, they pretend that cultures don't compete and that races don't feel more comfortable with their own people. How come uh, San Jose, California, is something like eight hundred ninety-four thousand people? I just looked it up on city data. And uh, whites are down to, what, 34 36% I read just a while ago. And Mexicans uh, of all these ilk of nations. Why do, they, why do they have to live in San Jose if they're so lovey-dovey with all these white people, all of us? Why don't they just kind of, you know, what's the problem? I've heard them talk about San Jose. They love it. They think it's just like paradise. Why? Because they're in control. Nice warm weather, close to the ocean. Yeah, well, we have uh, another story here. U.K. police investigate... Russian Jews coup claims. Uh, Scotland Yard today launched an inquiry into the Russian Jews uh, multimillionaire Boris Brezlovsky after he disclosed to the Guardian that he was plotting a revolution to overthrow President Putin. British government officials said that police would be examining the comments published by the Guardian this morning to see whether he had committed any offense, and to establish whether there were grounds to revoke his refugee status. You think they'll give him three years on that hate crime, that EU hate crime statute? Ages? Any chance of that? Hmm. <laughs> Talking hate against the refugee Russian here. Yeah. Isn't that- In comments that appeared to be calculated to enrage the Kremlin, Mr. Breslovsky said, quote, we need to use force to change this regime. It isn't possible to change this regime through democratic means. There can be no change without force pressure, unquote. During a tape-recorded interview, which lasted more than an hour, Mr. Breslovsky repeatedly said it's, that force was be used. It's not, there's no L in there. During a taped-recorded interview, which lasted more than an hour, Mr. Berezovsky repeatedly said that force must be used to secure, quote, regime change in Russia. He added that he was in contact with like-minded people Hmm. within Russia's ruling inner circle, offering advice, finance, and, quote, my understanding of how it could be done. Asked if he was effectively fomenting a revolution, he said, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> say that he would say this out loud and in public. Was he talk- Did he use the term white Russians? That's what they used to use in the Bolshevik. I mean, was he was talking about white Russians since he's Jewish. Wouldn't that be a hate crime? What about the three years? We just heard about the three years. We just covered it. What happened? I mean, yeah, but Gene, he's a refugee, remember. And a billionaire Jew? Does that make a difference? A refugee, yeah, yeah. Not a word about his being a Jew. Only there we never know. is. But yeah, the Jews already brought how many tens of millions of deaths to Russia, and the Jews have seen to it that you know one of the most famous writers in the world, Solzhenitsyn's books about the Jews in Russia will not be translated into English on their watch, so that you can't find out about this. Meanwhile, they're plotting another revolution over there. And you know, interestingly, Alex, if you remember these list I uh, compiled of uh, the 40% Jewish billionaires in the United States, a lot of them are Russian Jews. When I say a lot, I mean, if you've got four or five or six of them in in the first uh, hundred I looked at, were Russian Jews. They just go back and forth. They're kind of stateless, not stateless. They have free free go wherever they want to go. Russia, U.S., Mm -hmm. Israel, they just jet all around, but they function in large measure in the United States. 
And these were Jimmy Carter Jews, and uh, a lot of them, and they made the point. In fact, the guys who owned Google, one of them was uh, a Jimmy Carter Jew. And they make the point that supposedly in the Soviet Union, uh, at the end, they were discriminated against. But on the other hand, they flooded right into the United States, and they were given priority to do that. Yeah, wasn't that Jackson Vanek? There, there was Scoop Jackson was one of the uh, white politicians who fell under the sway of the, of the Jews and one of the first neocons, and he, they, they wrote all the special... Yeah. standards into the law where Jews basically from Russia or anywhere can get in here as, as uh, you know, there's always some pretext of there being asylums or political yeah. he, political he asylees a, or whatever. I Double believe standard. a Democrat from Washington. Or was it was Oregon and Washington, Scoop I believe. Jackson, yeah, yeah. Washington. And, and, they, and he was such a big defense proponent, the only hawk in the Democrat Party, they said. Well, even up there in Washington State, this was before there were that many minorities there, and they were electing a liberal Yeah, neocons. he was one of the first sort of neocon yeah, he sure Jewish. was. These are traitors on the Democrat you side. Know, they have the same type of special legislation on the book in the on the books in the EU. You can bet on that. And they took a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly as Russian immigrants, after the wall fell. They all got special uh, immigrate status and refugee status. So they got set up in Brussels, Germany, to a large extent. Sure. And other places. And there's been articles in the last couple of months about them streaming back into Germany, and in the last two years about them streaming back into Poland. So they're just taking advantage of their their international criminal clan and of the laws that they've set up through the politicians that they bought, as I think Craig or or Aegis said, using our money, uh, you know, refunneled not only into our own elections but into elections in Europe. Uh, create special laws and special categories of political belief. Ours is hate, theirs is free speech. And uh, it all works to their advantage and against ours. As white, they haven't even begun to fight. The, the thing that they don't do, though, our, I think it, it ought to be, you could mention it better than I, Alex, and that is is they, they couch their terminology in a lot of fakeness, you know, the, trying to make well, the world it's, better. They and give all it a this. universal cover. Whatever they're doing is never for Jews. It's for all mankind. Right. It's Whereas whites are honest enough to say, you know what, what about a, we want to help our, us for a change, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're a minority, and they, they disguise themselves, and they creep through, and they have universalistic or scientific objectivity as kind of their their cover store of their calling card and you know, mm-hmm. and then our white scientists who figure this out like Kevin McDonald then they call for an investigation into what he's talking about he did it also I've seen reviews of John Murray Cudahy's book The Ordeal of Civility where he discusses their their Jewish ethnic ideologies that are masqueraded as universal moralism human rights democracy that kind of thing communism when communism was popular and it was popular with a lot of people for a long time McDonald makes the point very sagely in his book, uh, The Culture of Critique, that whites tend to project upon Jewish people the same processes that we go through and experience as uh, sentient beings. And that is not fair, if you will, because uh, that's not how they're thinking. And they said that whites have no idea that the tribalism and this is it good for Jews mentality that uh, motivates them. Yeah, they're, they're pieces yeah. of shit. They're Jews, and they don't like being called Jews. And that was uh, someone was encouraging me to talk about the Jew who I named in public. Uh, <laughs> fell victim to a, uh, a car accident. Uh, David Halberstam. Halberstam. Yeah, uh, yeah he got uh, Stam. Yeah, and he. Uh, I'll never forget how red his fucking face got when I called him a Jew. <laughs> it was just fucking <laughs> hilarious. 
It was in a large auditorium, right? <laughs> it was. It was a large auditorium with me and probably a couple hundred <laughs> students who are most, for the most part, forced to be there by their professors. Alex, in an instant, yes. you blew his cover. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, if someone called me a white or, a, or you know, a whatever, I wouldn't get embarrassed by it. Wouldn't I mean, maybe part of it was his being publicly contradicted, but, you know, I'm... I believe being called a Jew was really the fundamental root of that blush, that angry blush. So, rotten hell, you fucking kike bastard. Only Jews can call Jews Jews. That's the rule of law. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I think they really do think, and to a large extent they're right, that when they're living in their dual existence outside the ghetto among the goyim, that they're really, they're like secret agents, they're, or actors on a stage, and they're playing their part. And, and they can't believe somebody, how dumb we are because we can't see them. When they can't see anything but that, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, that's it. Whites just, for whatever reason, they can't pick up on it. They can't perceive them. as, as, as There's been some kind of diminution or, or dampening of their natural instincts for sensing hostile others. And I don't know what that is. I mean, McDonald will probably tell you because we have all this cooperative yeah, people. I agree with you, Aegis. That's it. I mean, that's probably part of the prison of France, all that Catholicism there, too. Christians think hated they're morally Jews for a long superior. time. I just got done reading today. We ever re- you've read what Martin Luther said about Jews. He advised burning down their synagogues and, and basically uh, doing everything but just simply killing them off. And and he said, he said I for a long time, I didn't know, know realize the truth about them. But once I learned it, I was like, damn, they're really a nasty nasty bunch of people and christianity is can be jew hostile it's just not right now and and, uh they can also read us very well i do believe that from long study of our cultures whether we're in germany as germans or in america as americans i think they're expert at at reading well they're oh yeah well they they look at how how they're dressing you know they look at their terms of speech they look at their their prejudices and reflect that throw it back at them. They, their mission is to ingratiate themselves into a system and, they're, and, yeah, and they've got history position of, themselves on the bottlenecks. I remember they have a history of being middlemen, so they, they, they're very sensitive to to what people are thinking, and, and they know how to measure them and understand where they're coming from, they're, and they're not obsessed with their own opinion like so many white people are, even when their opinion is worthless, because it's simply a function of what they've heard from somewhere else in 99 out of 100 of them. That's I, I've seen this. I mean, I've dealt with Jews, and I've seen, and I could perceive how shrewd they are uh, in terms of uh, they're able to see different angles of things at once in a way that not too many whites are able to do. <laughs> many are, but but uh, the average ones are not. Face value. I was watching a question about six, seven years ago. I was astounded to find out uh, Andrew Dice Clay was a Jew, and I thought all this time he'd been Italian. You know, I hadn't seen him much. I'd heard about him, you know, at that time in my life, I wasn't watching any TV. I was working all the time. You know, if I walked in somebody's house for a few minutes, I might see him on TV. You know, who's that? The guy's pretty funny, you know. I, I thought he was an Italian all this time. And now I, I looked at a YouTube the other day, several of them, and I thought, how did I ever think this guy was Italian? I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, he's kind of got that New York thing going back when he was uh, popular. Yeah. yeah, I guess he did. But... He, he, and he's not really particularly... Uh... He doesn't give off the paranoid, fearful thing that so many Jews do. Malicious. No, he's, all, he's all buff. And, paranoid, yeah, fearful, malicious vibe. Because he's a big guy, so he's not afraid yeah, of his yeah. stuff. But so many Jews give off that paranoid, malicious vibe. 
but he is not one of them. So he. he but when I listen to his subject, you see, when I listen yeah. to what he's talking about, he's talking about uh, on this YouTube of some girl guy wants to give him a blow job, and he said, "Well, I just had five steamy shits today, and if she doesn't, if that doesn't bother her. It's okay with me. Go ahead, baby." And I thought, "Good God, this is comedy. You know, it's just sick." You know? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when I first heard of him. And the people are like, oh, he's so crude and nasty. I thought, oh, he's probably just funny and politically incorrect. Then when you hear it, you're like, wow. <laughs> it's like game to retards. I mean, yeah. It's really, really, really low. I did used to like some of his racial stuff, but this one I, I, I viewed the other day. Was, and then I saw him on Howard Stern, too. And uh, just looking at these YouTubes, you know, looking around. Because to me, once you become a little bit Jew conscious, is this mm-hmm. so, for the two of you, that... I, I think in, in people's minds, it starts to flip, and they think, how did I ever think this was funny? This is just depraved. This is just repulsive. Yeah, well, you know, I listened to some Howard Stern the other day. I torrented it, and, uh, you know, he's on satellite radio, and I kind of wanted to hear out compared to what we do on Goy Fire and how it was without any commercials or anything. And uh, it was it was interesting to listen to. But, yeah, it just allowed him to go one step further because there, there's no restriction on... Uh, they can they can curse so they curse where sure. they can say motherfucker and stuff like that. Well, Howard says, yeah, show me your tits, baby. Turn around there, show me your tits, and then the TV you know blurs but, it out. Yeah, but now, turn around, let me see your ass, that, baby. That he literally had some porn star on there who was uh, having sex with like uh, some kind of machine. I don't know what it's called. Uh, I'm not kidding. Literally having sex. It's like a brave new world. Yeah, when tell people how, Howard Stern's probably worth worth what fifty million bucks now, Alex or something. Oh, I'm sure he's Easy. well probably one fifty. But my point is, yeah, it was interesting. It is better when you don't have commercials. And it, it, he, I don't mind him when he's talking about non-sexual stuff, which is about maybe 40% of his show isn't related to some stupidity like that. But uh, And I hadn't heard him in a long time. Uh, but uh, well, it, Nobody's doubting that Jews have verbal skills, Alex, of course. It's, it's interesting... Well, I wish you'd gone farther on it, but he was kind of talking about the future of radio. And he was talking about how Clear Channel, which uh, is one of the, see, it's satellite versus terrestrial. He's talking about a Clear Channel, which owns about 10% of the terrestrial market, I believe, i.e. it's a huge, huge radio player, was trying to compete with uh, the rise of satellite radio by doing commercial-free terrestrial radio but but it was making up for the loss of ad revenue by having them work the commercials kind of into their dj patter and he was just talking about how it didn't seem like it was going to work it wasn't very successful and how he thought it was all kind of moving the satellite radio so that that kind of stuff is pretty interesting and he has a pretty good view on that i mean he's a pretty good analyst uh but uh he's a he's a very typical jew in that he's he's obsessed with you know strippers and stupid porn type shit like that which just it isn't interesting, except to him and his audience. <coughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's why I, I mean, for that type of format, I, I prefer Adam Curry to to uh, Howard Stern any day of the week because he really stays on topic with you know new developments. He's, his his topics are more tech oriented and also political. I haven't heard him since we first got uh, got going, and he had us up on his. Uh, What's his thing again? Podcast Alley, something like that? Yeah, well, that's his one site, but adamcurry.com is his main thing. Tell people what happened, eh, just now that Alex brought it up, because uh, oh, right. first yeah, it was free speech, and so he heard free speech. 
Right, he was a big promoter of free speech because that was the great thing about podcasting is, of course, anybody can do it who has the technical wherewithal to get the feed up and the, the MP3s floating off a server. And we we got into his directory and quickly became, you know, number one or number two in the politics category. We beat out Al Franken. We beat him. We beat Barack Obama. We beat... We you beat know. Barack Obama, huh? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we beat them all. Uh, beat we that nigger. Too. Yeah, that's right. And, He's going to uh, be president, even, so that ain't bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, and on his front page, they had like the top 50, and we were up in the 20s, so mm-hmm. we were getting main uh, front page billing, and people were getting automatic downloads, I think, because the, the top 50 get that out. This is out of like tens of thousands of podcasts, so... We we got noticed, in other words, and uh, all of a sudden the Jews started calling in and getting, sending him death threats and uh, telling him he was a bad person and spreading hate and this, that, and other things. But so, the porno show was cool. That was one of our big detractors that you had on the porno show, wasn't that it? I vaguely remember that. Remember he talked about uh, talk sex, let's talk sex, nasty sex or something. He had a podcast. Oh, they have all types of porno that they mm. they promote even. Uh, on their show, but you know we we rose too quickly, too fast, and uh, all of a sudden, well, they actually went to his because he initially said he was going to leave us in yes. mm-hmm. you know, free speech, and they went to his investors mm-hmm. and uh, started you know snitching on us. This and is for us being listed on on his list of different podcasts, it's not for any kind of approval or anything. So you see, that's how right. Jews truly feel about uh, fair play and about free speech. They don't like it. They want to silence everybody who dares speak against the the, the evils they're committing against the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, and they w- they went to the investors, and lo and behold, one of the investors was, I think, some Indian, and the other one was uh, probably a Jew. And um, they said, "Well, you know, you're supporting this, and this is what they say about Indians, and all non-whites should be killed." and so he basically had to recant his initial position. He didn't have to. He did. He chose to. Well, yeah. He did. He chose to give in, he, like, basically they have across the board whenever they're pressured by Jews. Because they believe in free speech, but, hey, not if it actually cost them anything. Caused yeah, so we got problem. we got disappeared from the directory. Now, of course, I think it's, it's, really, it's ridiculous because I've read reports on the Internet that they're still disputing that we've been censored. Yeah, uh, because but, uh, I don't know what technicality they're using. But Aegis, do you remember that when he first held firm, after the first attempt to, to get us kicked off, he cited that he'd had like seventy emails, and one of them was against us, and the other ones were all in favor of letting us be there. So you see, what the Jew wants is a minority opinion. The Jew wants to suppress the majority opinion from being heard. Yeah, well, that's the old difference between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. Sure. And and that's reflected not just in the the tiny matter of us being kicked off there, but the uh, the large matter of whites dictating immigration or foreign policy. No, the white majority didn't want to go to war. The Jewish minority wanted to go to war, and the white majority didn't want Mexicans to invade here. The Jewish minority wanted it. Well, what the Jews want is what always happens. If you want you want a one that's your that's your golden rule for figuring out what's going to happen or. or <coughs> The mysteries of politics are all unlocked with that uh, with that skeleton key. If you want to know what's going to happen in the U.S., well, what do the Jews want? The chances that that will happen are about 
because they're the only seriously organized force in the country. Even though they have small numbers, they have large power. And part of their their power is kept by just this sort of action, suppressing others, preventing them from becoming organized. So that any white who tells you, well, we could do just what the Jews do. It's just a matter of our not getting... No, it's a matter of them attacking us and preventing us from getting organized. That is the larger portion of our problem. He just just mentioned about the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks. The Mensheviks were... There were more Jews in that group, and then when the Bolsheviks became the winners, or uh, they immediately migrated over. <laughs> the Jews did. <laughs> they were no longer Mensheviks, they were Bolsheviks. And just as if uh, when the Soviet Union went down and in the press in the United States in the mid and late 60s, they would always be out there like, uh, I guess, Sololinsky was one, people like that talking about the, the paradise, women's rights they had in the Soviet Union, and so forth and so on. Well, when that was kaput, then all of a sudden they invented neoconism, Leo Straussian and uh, Leo neocon. You know, the great irony is that the Bolshe- Bolshevik means majority, but it was the minority opinion mm-hmm. uh, it, or the minority party in parliament at the time when they took over. And that's and basically, yeah, and that's how the Jews go to these little towns and try to get them to pass town council resolutions that we're not no place for hate and all this. And they, the Jews try to speak as the voice of the community, even though they're a tiny and hostile and alien and parasitic element. You know, the tent worm does not speak for the tree. They've literally tried to medicalize hate as if it's some sort of dementia. <laughs> And all it is is a defense mechanism. Even McDonald again talks about that in Culture Critique. He says it's a defense mechanism, you know, resistance. And they know it very well. Oh, yeah, the anti-Semitism is just a gag. I mean, among themselves, they laugh about it. But it's it's just something for us to worship and believe in and have faith in. Oh, we're anti-Semitic. Well, their behavior is the cause of, a, of our uh, of anti-Semitism. It's just yeah, a natural would reaction. Would we have this doing. position if... If they weren't so positioned, uh, if they attack us, can't we fight back? Not without being called anti-Semites. That's how you know you're doing the right thing. When they start calling you an anti-Semite or a hater or a racist, that means you're defending yourself and you're advocating your own interests and you're actually threatening them with making progress on that front, which they don't want. So they try to smear you and intimidate you and scare you off. Mm -hmm. Oh, look like you're being pretty racist there, boy. You know, that kind of thing. So, so wow. Mexicans accost you or, or, or your girlfriend or your wife on the street, and they're two or three to one or even one to one, and he's got a weapon. If you resist, you're bad. Huh? Really gotten to that point. You shouldn't even have to deal with that kind of... Uh, you should not even be on the table. You cannot even imagine what it's like to live in a society in which that's not on the table as a reality, as a potential reality. No, they're controlled in place for decades. Yeah. People have You've been forgotten. grown accustomed to it, and they've been brainwashed into using its labels and its terms accepting its double standards, which are everywhere you look. Yeah. So cleanness is not even a dim memory. It's a form of insanity where people are obsessed about issues like secondhand smoke, but they're not worried about firsthand simians. (laughs) Niggers are out there raping and strangling and killing people, and we all get really worried about someone Uh, else smoking a cigarette. That's right. Gay marriage. Wow. Yeah. Worried about it. I suppose worried about if your kid's going to become a faggot because uh, the pressure all around him is is to become a faggot. Yeah, that's the acceptable uh, way to be as a yeah. man these days. Yeah, that's the know? one valid social identity for white males is being a faggot, simpering around and being an interior decorator and uh, yeah, sucking simpering around and, and fucking skipping and drinking things called trash cans. 
There's a guy. I don't know how soon this will be released. There's one on YouTube right now, and he's got a. They put him right up on the front of YouTube, and he's got a a little thing with a guy in a paper bag over his head, espousing hate. So you look up this guy who produced it, and he's obviously he's a L.A. queer, and uh, he says a message to all the haters is what it's about. Mm. Is that hug a hater? Dave? Yeah, hug a hater. Excuse me, but it's a message. Yeah, that's right. Hug a hater, and then he, and then and then the guy with the paper bag walks away, or the the, the hugger walks away. And he says, "Oh, please, where can I reach you or something?" Yeah, uh, call me. Yeah, call me. That's it. Excuse me. Yeah, like, uh, can I become a faggot too? And this is what the YouTube even is putting right up front. And, and I looked at a couple of that guy's vids. Ages. It's it's outrageous. He looks like a lawyer. He's got all these law books up there in, in, in a case. And then he's obviously a faggot. He's from Chicago. He may be a Jew. He's originally from Chicago. I'm making fun of Midwesterners. I mean, who would believe this guy? Who wants to be a homosexual? You know, they should have a goddamn game show. Who wants to be a homosexual? I... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what a great, great way to spend your time. <laughs> Living in the USA. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Living in the <laughs> you want to you want to know something funny? I haven't written this up yet, and it's a slightly different subject. But this girl who does a local blog in Kirksville, I think, has taken an African history class, and she mentioned in there that she 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 has good instincts. She's a traditional Catholic, and she uh, she's not a political person at all. But she said something like, you know, I can't help but we're told not to like judge any of these these cultures in Africa except from the way they judge themselves. She's like, but I can't help but feel like they're really very. What what got her going was they were judgmental against the Catholic priests who were over there missionarying to those people, and and she said, well, the one good thing about Zimbabwe was they took over. They they weren't so nasty to the whites as in the other places. <laughs> so, I mean, it's obviously there's. Com- you get the very strong sense that this uh, this guy or this female is very uh, very strongly brainwashing them in all the African history garbage, which I know because I took a class in African history. That's how yeah. it is. But I'm going to write something well, that, on that, that in today. That reminds me of the uh, Audio Africa film where they're flying over in helicopters and you see yeah. the uh, <laughs> like white-robed corpses of the nuns. Uh, no, those were dead. Muslims, actually, that they were... Uh, oh, were they? Well, well, they flew over a couple of convents. When they were, you might, yeah, I think you're right. But there was also the one in Zanzibar where they're flying over, where the whatevers were chasing the Muslims into the sea, and they showed the, they showed them all running into the sea on the shore, and then they came back the next day and they just showed them littering the beach, Floating dead. Mm-hmm. But they are, they were also after those nuns too, where they had the missionaries break in. Yeah, that's a great film you can find on YouTube. Africa Audio, A D D I O, Goodbye Africa, Italian made film. We've referred to that many times before, but yeah. Okay, well, we have here uh, uh, another story out of Israel. Iranian President Ahmadinejad should be made to disappear. Mayor Amit, a former director of Israel's Mossad intelligence agency, advocated in an exclusive interview. Amit one of the most esteemed figures in the Israeli intelligence establishment said while he was director of the Mossad from 63 to 68, he regularly argued for the assassination of world leaders. No, <laughs> argued against, supposedly. But he said the case of Ahmadinejad is different. Special exception. 
Ahmadinejad is the pusher of all Muslim world fanaticism and extremism. In his case, he should be made to disappear. Did he mention Adolf Hitler? Yeah. No. He has said he wants to become a shahid, a martyr. So I think I should get his. He should get his wish and be sent to heaven. Ahmed said. That's all these people Ahmed. do. They they lie and they murder. Who's do yeah. and they're considered good by these Christians who don't have two brain cells to rub together. Creatures are yeah. bought by these clowns. Ahmed, now in his mid-80s, directed some of the most notorious Mossad operations while he was organi- while he was the organization's chief, including the running of an Israeli spy, Ellie Cohen, who penetrated top levels of the Syrian government, and the hijacking of an advanced fighter plane from Iraq. <laughs> the subject of multiple books and movies, Ahmed serves as chairman of Israel's Center for Special Studies. Now, special studies, I guess, is the same department that the communists had. It was called special operations, and that was basically, uh, yeah, the the branch of the secret service or KGB that dealt with assassinations and sabotage and counterfeiting money and other things. Mm-hmm. That 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 town where the Mossad is located, if I'm not mistaken, was named for Herzl, the the founder of Zionism. All these protestations are made by Jews, international Jews. This one out of Israel, and the one you just talked about, Aegis, out of out of Britain, the billionaire calling for a revolution. And everything these ring so true in Western and European history. From uh, the guy who killed the Archduke, wasn't he Jewish? Right, it goes right on down the line. Yeah, well, a Jew tried to assassinate Bismarck, mm-hmm. shot him point blank range with a revolver, and. Uh, if it wasn't for a brass button, uh, one of Germany's best leaders would have been killed on the spot. Would have been killed on the spot. So this is another thing. I guess whites just refuse to believe that the, the Jews are born and bred to this and cut their teeth on it. And he, as Horowitz said when he grew up, uh, when he was a young boy. This is all they would talk about at the dinner table: politics. Very few white families are involved in politics to that extent. I don't know why. Too busy watching nigger sports, I guess. Yeah, and imagine if Ahmadinejad had said something about assassinating the head of Israel. Oh, my gosh. You know, they spent, you know, the, the last couple of years demonizing this guy just the way they demonized Saddam Hussein before him. Nothing personal, just business. Stirring up the idiots to hate him and, and, and anybody who doesn't go along. And, and uh, it's ridiculous. But that's what control the media affords them. Stirring up to hate them? Is that the word you used? Hate them, Alex? Did you say hate? Stirring up the idiots in America to hate them. and, and To hate? To be, think that there are enemies. Uh, how yeah, can that be when there's so much against hate? <laughs> well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you have to hate the right people for the right reasons, and that's perfectly okay. That's probably what's wrong with the three of us. Huh? Ask your local Kabbalist. <laughs> Kabbalist. <laughs> Britney Spears? Yeah. Madonna? Yes, Madonna. Get, get a $12 bottle of their water. Ahmed urged Western nations to, quote, unite and work together. Unfortunately, the world is not uniting. Russia is playing its own game. And so is China. So it seems Ahmed's uh, aware of the situation in Russia as well. Hmm. Well, why are Jews so heavy into the two whitest countries in the world or the two most populous white countries, the USSR and the U.S.? What is their trip, anyway? Think about it in those terms. And seize it. Yeah, well, now they're busting the door down in Germany, so I guess that's the... Uh... Germany. All right, well, we are through the topics. 
being an internal. Let me just say, did we just we discussed the server a little bit, but yeah, the uh, carry.net yanked our server due to an alleged death threat. They won't give any details on it. Uh, we're considering a lawsuit. We hope to have the forum up by the time you hear this. Maybe a couple couple of days because there's there's some stuff that's going on, but uh, other problems. But yeah, we're firing away on it. We're, we're going to have the rally on May 26, three o'clock at a uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, beyond that, I'll just be updating the main page. We'll do radio when we can. We had we the, the server. We also use that server for our radio, and we have to we have to come up with an alternative solution right now. But uh, once we get the server for the forum, we should we should be able to use that for radio also. So we'll let you know from the front page, gobnn.com. Okay, Chain. Uh, you said you were involved in a riot. Uh, what's going on over there? Oh, yeah, last evening I went and uh, I filmed. Uh, they moved the statue of the Liberator, the Soviet Liberator. And it's a six and a half foot tall bronze statue. It's sometimes called the bronze statue. So they set up a hundred and fifty foot long tent, just a massive. It's like a circus tent. Um, there were fourteen Soviet soldiers' bodies buried underneath it. This comes from Soviet times when they ruled here. Well, there are a number of ironies, but one of them is is that the Jews from the Soviet Union came here in the late 1930s and they matriculated here in the universities of Estonia. Estonia is a Nordic country for people. There's Swedes and... Yeah, they're Finno-Ugric, uh, but they're also a mixture of admixture of German and Swedish anyway, and uh, Danish and Russian. So uh, there's a big imbroglio about this, and um, there were well over a 1,000 people in the streets. There was one death and 44 injuries and millions of dollars of damage. So I went down there and I filmed. It was going pretty pretty well for the filming aspect until uh, they started thinking about, <clears throat> I suppose, they might be identified on my film. I don't know. You know they got nervous, and uh, six or eight of them surrounded me, and one guy had a big rock, and he said, give me the face. But again, this is uh, Russian people not understanding the influence, in my opinion, of, of on their society over many, many decades. Uh, and this is happening in the United States. They're using stylistically a little different take for the American uh, mind with all this niggerism, basketball, football, hip-hop, uh, Mexican invasion. It's good. They're just, they're just like us. So, you know, they've flim-flammed Americans differently from the way they flim-flam Russians, but uh, it's the same horror and the same death. Too bad. I don't like to see white people fighting white people. Are frightened being next to the U.S. Uh, not the U.S. or Russia, I should say, because Russians—they're very tough people. I will say that about them. They're very tough. They're in a uh, man for man. I think they are more than Americans these days. I would certainly say that. It's not to say Estonians aren't, but it's, this is a very small country. 1.1 million people, I think, are here. I think there are 1.5 million worldwide, but. A lot of them are traveling or working in EU countries uh, where the wages are even better than they are here, although we have the highest growth rate, and, and it's dismaying to see that. And, uh, again, it's all fighting for that communist stuff, just like Saga sings about, you know, the red menace and all of our people died, the red uh, beast, what she calls it, and uh, she's a white nationalist singer, so beautiful, Swedish, and, uh, God, this is what she's talking about. And this is what Hitler wanted to do. He wanted to have eugenics where white people were free to choose and have the have the best mates, uh, where, where people who had high IQs or very good looks would be promoted. What is wrong with that? Is that better than? Is that worse than promoting Mexicans and niggers who are just nothing but terror on the streets? What is so wrong with that? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's just common sense. And that's what Jews have done for years by having their uh, 
Talmudic scholars marry the daughters of merchants. It's eugenics. And then that's how they've arrived where they are now, where, where they can... It really is unfortunate that Russian nationalism has adopted communist communist history as a part of its national mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. That is just completely wrong. Yeah, I was thinking of today, yeah. just some, some of these kids, too, may have sat at home, sat at home and... You know, they, their parents are maybe my age, and they hear them talking about how when we were on top, and I can understand that. You know, there's a, it's not really their country, and, and yet they were born here. It, 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 there's some analogies analogies to the uh, situation of uh, uh, of half breeds in the United States. You know, like all these all these kids we saw at Virginia Tech. They're, what the hell is this? You know, what are they doing in this country? You know, their dad was in the Navy, or they uh, whatever. You know, there they are. One foot in, in, in two different cultures. But, of course, this is white on white like the American Civil War. I mean, for real Russian nationalists to get back to their roots, they have to go before communism. They have to go back to the Tsar mm-hmm. and the Cossacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that communi- communism they really have to look at as a foreign assault on their national character. Yeah, they're not there yet. And, and, and completely divorce themselves of all of its so-called accomplishments mm-hmm. and look at it in its proper light as, and, and really understand, I would say, all of Eastern Europe from the Poles that don't like them because of communism uh, to the Estonians. Yeah, they could still have pride in their architecture and their scientific discoveries by saying that these are what we Russian people did, per se. Yeah, I, I hope right. that uh, with, with Goyfire and with all of our efforts that... Uh, we can get beyond, as we've talked about, the cult of personality and some white nationalism and get to the point where we have planetary white nationalism. too spacey, but we really do need it because we're a beleaguered minority on the planet. And well, it would be great if we could come to an understanding with Russian nationalists, but communist exploits are, of course, going to be seen in a negative light, and rightly so, and they should have the wherewithal to understand why people objected to communism and objected to the Russians for being the vehicle of communism in the world for the first, yeah, yeah. whatever, first 60 years of its But But, I mean, they, they've got, just as the United States has all those Mexicans in the, in our country and, and on the border, they, they have even as bad or, or worse with 1.2 billion Chinese on their border or whatever it is. and White people all over. I don't know why we can't... I, I think in the next couple of hundred years that this may be the way it goes. I say, well... The, we have our areas, and the rest of you have yours, and you have your ways, and we have ours. I hope it comes to that with, with the increasing international communication. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to speak Esperanto or anything, but, you know, with Internet and travel. If, if they can invade our countries via the jet airplane over the past 50 years, why can't we form alliances by the same technologies? That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, there should be a basic sympathy among all national white nationalities working towards common a common platform and and uh, the common good mm-hmm. of us all. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody any white nationalist can say, "Well, yeah, I'm happy that you know French nationalism is in the state that it's in today, and we want to see white people flourish, and uh, if we want to visit these countries as guests. We want to visit them in, in their prime and not as subjected peoples oh. in a, living under a tyranny. So, 
these are these people are so rare genetically compared to the United States, and this is exactly what Jews don't like for whites to be white. And they don't like it in Russia. They don't like it in the United States. And there, there are a lot of weak points, I would say, to nationalism. And one of them is just chauvinism for one's own country. Mm-hmm. You know, one's country, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I think people really have to look objectively yeah. at what their mm-hmm. country did. And in the case of Russia, I mean, it was completely co-opted mm-hmm. by an alien ideology. So how, how do we get us all to think like that? Well, I think, you know, education is the first thing, and people being able to look at their countries objectively. I mean, right now what the U.S. is doing with all the neocon imperialism, I don't identify with that at all. Right. Whites are some of our worst enemies, some of them. That's right. If if some people were to burn the flag because of that, I would completely understand them. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why other nations can't be big enough to be the same way and uh, distance themselves from the crimes that, uh, as, as subjected peoples. You know, at least that's my way I see it. Well, maybe as you and Alex have oft said before, it's media and education first. You just said that. The other arm being media. Media is a form of education if it's used properly, if it's truth. We don't want Jewish truth, which is lies. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, a lot of Russians foolishly believe because they were, you know, a military power that they were controlling things when in fact they were in their most abject state ever in their entire history people really need to be educated and have approach history with the right spirit not be too there's lots to be discovered i saw the good barnes review film i don't know some barnes review conference a long time ago the guy was talking about how liberal things actually were under the czar stuff i'd never heard of or never knew but it stands to reason if they portray the soviet union as some great occurrence when it was run by Russians, and sure there were problems, there always are, but it was much better than it was under the Jewish murderers. And as we've seen on today's Goyfair, they're still around and among us, at the very top of the food chain, pretty much, talking about revolutions, talking about assassinations. I mean, these are the people running America and setting our foreign and domestic and immigration policies. And we're insane to put up with it. And Goyfair is all about ending that, first by making you conscious that you're a white and uh, until we go white, nothing goes right. That's the only basis from which we can sustain opposition to this minority of creeps and murderers in capacity. And join VNNforum.com. We've had a lot of people on there, and it'll be back up for too long. So, Yeah, that sounds like a closing statement. Shane, any closing word? No, I'd go along right with Alex. I'd be glad to have the forum back up until we can uh, all meet worldwide. No, no.